When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. WABC New York and 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Seventy-seven WABC. Former President Donald Trump is expected to take the stand at his civil trial in New York. Trump is accused of fraudulently inflating the value of his properties to obtain loans and other benefits. This high-stakes case could cost the former president control of some of his marquee properties, including the Trump Tower here in Manhattan. Testimony will help the judge determine how much the Trump organization owes after executives were found liable for inflating Trump's net worth and the value of his assets in order to get more favorable financing. Last week, Trump's sons, Eric and Donald Trump Jr., testified, saying they relied on an outside firm and accountants working for the Trump organization. Trump's oldest daughter, Ivanka, is set to testify in the case on Wednesday, and the civil trial is expected to last into December. As president, I will be creating a truth and reconciliation commission to shed sunlight on every dark and rotten corner of Washington, D.C., starting with Biden. Central Florida is at the center of the Republican universe. Seven presidential candidates spent the day in Kissimmee making their case to voters. And the candidates and the crowd, they were fiery. I mean, I heard they booed Christie off the stage today. Is that true? We fought Disney and we won the fight. You know that I endorsed Ron and he went from having very little to having a lot and got him elected. For the first time all election cycle, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former President Trump were in the same place. I have a serious question. If you're Jewish, why are you still a member of the Democrat Party? If you're black, why are you still a member of the Democrat Party? If you're Asian, why are you still a member of the Democrat Party? If you're Hispanic, why are you still a member of the Democrat Party? If you're part of the so-called white working class, why are you still a member of the Democrat Party? And why am I asking this? Well, think about what the Democrat Party is, was, and has become. Let's take this issue of Israel and what's going on in the United States today. What exactly has the Biden administration done? Here at the finish line of the 2023 New York City Marathon, the men's race in New York saw a course record fall. Tom Arantola took home the win, making a big move around 20 miles, and crossed the line in 204.58. Tola's victory was eight seconds faster than Jeffrey Mutai's course record from 2011. This is his first world major marathon win of his career. The Americans were led by 30-year-old Putsen Zenislasi, who placed 10th overall with a time of 2.12.09. The women's race was kind of weird, but really, really exciting. The race started out very tactical, and considering how talented the field was, it was surprising no one was making any moves to break things up. With 800 meters left, the group was down to three women. Latessa Begaday, Helen O'Beary, and Sharon Lochetti. In the final stretch, O'Beary sprinted hard and ultimately broke the tape in 227-23. I paid my dues Time after time I've done 
my sentence But committed no crime And bad mistakes I've made a few City yesterday. Yes, we are the champions. You're all champions, not just Tola on the men's side and Obiri on the women's side, who both ran unbelievable races. But everybody, everybody from folks in wheelchairs who did an amazing job yesterday to folks running their very first marathon to folks who took seven hours, I don't care. Yesterday is a special day. And look, I'm certainly vested with my wife, Danielle who I love desperately, a champ. She really is a champ. Yesterday completed her sixth marathon, excuse me, her sixth New York City marathon and her 40th overall. We are a quote-unquote marathon family. We've traveled all over the world together. She's actually traveled to places without me, places like Berlin and Tokyo, but we've gone to London and Paris and, of course, uh, just about every major state in this country to run these races. But at a time... When the world is on fire, at a time where most of our shows these days, the content is relatively depressing, yesterday was one of my favorite days in a long time. The spirit, the inspiration. I mean, you got to understand, these New Yorkers, they sit out there for hours and hours. Their wife may be running, their brother may be running, their husband may be running. It doesn't matter. They cheer for every runner that runs by. You know, it's just the most immense family atmosphere you'll ever feel. You really feel like New York on this marathon day is one big family. That's why, really, I urge everybody, whether you run the marathon, your family runs it, to come out there one year. You want to see New York at its very best, reminiscent of how folks uh, folks were after 9-11? You're going to see that on Marathon Sunday. It is just a special day. And to be honest, (laughs) we... We had the VIP treatment this year. When you consider that Tom Biggers, I love Tom Biggers. He actually runs the NYPD Running Club. 
have a couple of uh, very nice races throughout the year. They do a nice 5K every May, which actually starts down by the Memorial Wall in Battery Park, where they've got the names of so many officers that gave up their lives to protect this city. But this is the big one for the New York Marathon Club and running club, really. And they do something every year. They take on the fire department, the elite runners, and the winner gets the Mayor's Cup, Eric Adams' Mayor Cup. And the last couple of years, the fire department has won that going away. Well, not yesterday. Yesterday, the cops showed up big. You know, Pat Russo, one of my good buddies, he actually runs all those boxing programs for kids in the city. He's a great cop. His son, Frankie Russo, is an elite runner. He had a great run yesterday. And the cops beat the firemen to get the Mayor's Cup. And it was cool because if you go to my Instagram page, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, and I really implore you all to go there and follow me today. You'll see some cool stuff throughout the week. There's a cool picture of me with Eddie Caban, who was the NYPD commissioner, and uh, Laura Cavanaugh, who was the FDNY commissioner. Lou, you love that picture. That's where you know you got a little bit of juice when both commissioners in New York City make sure they take a picture with Sid. Not photoshopped. Not photoshopped, no. That's real. That's nice. They had uh, Caban was up there with the cops running club, Kavanaugh with the fire running club, and she actually handed Eddie the cup, which is very heavy, like a Stanley cup. That was uh, that was a great moment there yesterday. Of course, at the very start of the race, the mayor was there, Eric Adams on Staten Island, to kind of kick the race off. But Biggers, man, did he treat me and Danielle great. Biggers, and uh, I must also mention. Michael Chan, both of those guys. I mean, we started out very early in the morning. We had to be at John Jay College from Queens at 5.30 a.m. So both Danielle and I woke up at 3.30 a.m. yesterday, got to John Jay College, about 200 cops there, ready to run this race. And they threw everybody in these police buses. Uh, Some people took what they call sprinter vans and ended up going out to Staten Island together to, to run this race. Then they had a special tent just for the elite runners, which had, like, egg and cheese sandwiches and Gatorade and water. And we're in that tent kind of stretching and getting ready. When I say we, my wife and the runners. And Chief Jeff Madry comes walking in. That was kind of cool to wish all the cops good luck. And then right after that, if, again, you can see these videos on my Instagram page, a just a sea of blue for the cops and a sea of red for the fire department make their way towards the race start. And I got to tell you, I didn't even run the race. I had butterflies in my stomach. It was just so exciting. The national anthem, the people cheering. An unbelievable day it really was. Now, I've got a list, and I'm going to do this twice today, of about 100 cops. (laughs) I must have taken, I'm not exaggerating, guys, a 1,000 pictures yesterday. Every couple of feet I'd be stopped. Oh, my God, Sid, I love your show. Thank you for what you do for the cops. I mean, guys, every couple of feet. I mean, you had, like, uh, Amy Robach there and T.J. Holmes and even guys like Aaron Judge and Steve Sharippa. Nobody got the attention I got. And that's because we are very pro-cop. We do back the blue. We spend a lot of time on this highly rated New York morning show talking about how much we love the police. So here we go. You ready, Lewis? I'm I'm ready. Oh, and I gave you Biggers and Chan. <laughs> yeah. Mike Rice, Willie Cintron, Brian McGuire, Deputy Chief Jerry Dowling, 
counterterrorism, Patricia McDonald. She lives in our neighborhood, by the way, Lou. She just got promoted to nice. that last Tuesday. Nice. Casey Bukes. Now, wait a second. Yes. These are the police that you hung out with? These are the been... police that actually stopped me, told me they loved the show, took a picture, blah, blah, blah. I promise I'd mention them on the program this morning. All right. So how did, did you write their names down? Yeah, uh, as uh, uh, and my happened. phone in the notes section. Oh, okay. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Look how organized yes. you are. Casey Bukes, NYPD. She runs the Silver Shield her dad started this with George Steinbrenner, and they pay for kids to go to college whose parents, I guess, have been killed in the line of duty. Uh, Romel Chin, she was one of my favorites. What a sweet lady she is. She's great. Max Tolentino, Tommy LaFell, Frank Sorensen, Lieutenant Adam Malusi and his father Lenny. He loves the show. Don Dodamo, Alberto Olasea, Rob Condria, Chris Kelly, Phils Farraza, Miguel Amorosano, and then, of course, the volunteers, Michelle Irizarry, Patricia O'Brien, and uh, Tommy Cole. I did mention Eddie Caban, Laura Cavanaugh, Mayor Eric Adams, and Chief Jeff Madry. And uh, Aaron Judge was there, like I said. He was rooting on Anthony Rizzo's wife. Great picture of me and Stevie Sharippa. His wife, Laura, runs the uh, marathon every year. I did see Robin Roberts. See, I spent time when I got there. I had to wait like four hours. Well, Danielle was running the race, and I went down to the rail to see her when she finished. It was very emotional. But they had something by the finish line called the Blue Line Lounge. And it was a tent set up, great food, great food, huge screen TV to watch the marathon, drinks, and they kept changing the food all day. It was really nice. So where did you start out? Where were you at the beginning? The very beginning of the race, I was on top of a double-decker bus looking down at the runner's on the starting line on Staten Island. At the Verrazano. At the, right. in Staten Island, okay, exactly. Staten Island, okay. And then once the race started, once Danielle hit the course, me and Biggers and Chan and all those guys, we left to head back towards the finish line. Okay. We actually stopped at a bagel store on Atlantic Avenue. Oh, go figure. And the cops bought bagels for everybody. That's excellent. Unbelievable. How did you know when it's such a sea of people? So you were able to look at her and see when she... She, she sent me text messages during the run. Oh, okay. So she's like, All I'm right. at 24, I'm at 25. Once she said she got to 25, the race is 26.2 miles. I made my way to the front of the railing to make sure I got a couple of really good pictures, which I got, said hello to her, gave her a big kiss right before she finished the race. And I was standing there, ironically, with a sea of people, 50,000 people, what are the odds, standing right next to Steve Sharippa. Because <laughs> his wife finished about the same exact time. Excellent. Isn't that unbelievable? That is unbelievable. I was wondering how you could be there when she, know when she was getting there. Yeah. And that answered my, okay. That Blue Line Lounge was really nice, too. Sat there all day and ate and drank and watched the race. I would go outside, come back in, go outside, come back in. But have you ever experienced a day? I have, I have oh, not, well, you I have not do been it. there. I know. you got to do well, it. Well, it's pure New York City. That's what So that New is. York it City. Is. It's, Everybody it's, loves each other that day. It, Norm, have you done that ever? Yeah, oh, I've watched it. So much fun. It's like the great, it's one of the greatest days in New York. I think it is the greatest day. People will argue the U.S. Open. That's more than one day. But I think for one day in New York, the marathon, and a lot of folks watch it from their their terraces in New York, and folks do walk outside and stand online for just a little bit. But I have to tell you, folks, if, if you really want that kumbaya New York moment, make your way towards the New York Marathon. Next year, I don't think Danielle's going to run it. She she's like Bill Parcells, you know. Bill Parcells stopped coaching the Giants and retired, and then of course he coached the Jets and the Cowboys and the Patriots. And so Danielle swore after yesterday's race, she was pretty beat up. 
She actually got hurt at mile 15. So she had 11 miles to go. That's a lot of miles. Wow. And, uh, yeah, she had a knee problem and a hamstring problem. Actually had to go to the medical tent. To, yeah. And, and she still finished? Huh? And she still finished? She still finished. She still finished. Wow. She was not not going to finish. There was no way that was going to happen. And I must say this, too. So at the end of the race, all the runners went back to John Jay College where they had this beautiful post-marathon spread brought to you by John Katsimatidis, Joe nice. Parisi, and Gristidis. I only stayed for about 20 minutes. She was exhausted. But they had chicken and heroes and and pastas and salads and all kinds of great desserts. So a special thank you from all the marathon runners, especially Sid and Danielle, to John Katsimatidis and my guy Joe, my guy Joe Parisi, who runs Gristidis. You guys did a spectacular job. And let me tell you, all those marathon runners really appreciated it because when that race is over, they're tired, they're hungry, they're thirsty, and to go back to a place with that type of spread was really impressive. So. But what a day. Unlike uh, Daniel Jones's day. Not your a good wife, day for Daniel wife, Jones. Your yeah. wife went, kept on going and finished. That you know, great. it's funny. I got home at about uh, 10 after 4, and um, about 15 minutes before the Giants kicked off in Vegas, and I said to Danielle, I said, this is perfect. You get home, and you can shower and put your legs up and relax, and I can watch the Giants, which is always a, a, a big mistake, of course, because they're just impossible to watch. And, uh, you know, last week Joe Boningo came on and started yelling at me about what a great defense or a good defense the Giants have. And they managed to give up 30 points to a quarterback that no one's ever heard of with the Raiders. <laughs> I mean, this is not Ken Stabler or Jim Plunkett. This is a rookie by the name of O'Connell who put up 30 points. They ran the ball all day. Adams was wide open. Jacobs ran the ball. And the offense for the Giants, I really believe, is the worst in football. Now that Arizona dealt away Joshua Dobbs, what a huge effort for Minnesota. The Cardinals and the Giants vie right now for the worst offense in football. And now you're looking at a real situation. You're going to find out today that Daniel Jones has a torn ACL. Write it down. I'm guaranteeing it. He's done. And the other guy, Tyrod Taylor, he's done too. So now you got a 2-7 and seven Giant football team, impossible to watch down to their third-string quarterback, this kid who sounds like he belongs in a bar in Brooklyn, Tommy DeVito, and he's going to be the quarterback the rest of the year. I mean, I don't know what Joe Shane and Brian Dable, I know they won Coach of the Year last year, and Giants won a playoff game. We all had this. I didn't. I told you during the preseason time and time again, I argued with Andrew Giuliani and Pete Morgan about Daniel Jones getting that money. They yelled at me, well, if you look at the quarterbacks in the league, he's probably top ten. Now they're going to say it's not his fault, he has no offensive line, nobody throw the football to, and all those things are true. All those things are true. But this guy got hurt twice this year. Twice. First the neck, now the knee. The (laughs) knee, no one even touched him. Daniel Jones. So he's going to be out. The Giants are just, they're a mess. If they can win one more game... I give Dable coach of the year again. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm with you. More. One game. I got to tell you, now, Daniel Jones, now he's got the neck, he's got the knee, he may be out for some time. I know you just invested a ton of money, a ton of money. But you got to think, will the Giants will have one of the worst records in the NFL next year? Jones is still young, making $160 million. Will the Giants consider quarterback? I don't know. I don't know. I would. I'm not saying I would do it, oh, yeah. but I would certainly consider it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So big day for my friend Donald Trump today. He's in court uh, in New York. He's going to testify. Kind of a big deal. No, no one? It is a big deal, yeah. 
former president testifying in court in lower Manhattan doesn't get much bigger than that. He beat the living daylights out of all these Republican candidates. They had what was called the Florida Freedom Summit in Kissimmee, Florida, on Saturday night. And seven of these folks were there. It was the first time since all this started, the election campaign, that Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis were in the same building together. First time. And Trump just beat the living daylights out of all of them. In fact, at one point he made the point that I guess they booed Chris Christie off the stage. And the Chris Christie got all, you know, all, all defensive and started putting down the crowd. That's smart, Chris. That's how you get votes. Tell the crowd they're stupid. That'll work for you. <laughs> you can play lineman from the Giants. <laughs> I mean, yeah, put him in there. Exactly right. You know, he did uh, take shots at Biden, of course, and deservedly so. We'll play one of those right here. This is Donald Trump speaking at the Florida Freedom Summit, saying when he becomes president, get ready for a mass deportation. I love the sound of that. Donald Trump, cut number three. We're getting some very rough people coming into our country, and... It's got to stop, and we've got to have the largest mass deportation effort in history. We're going to be started immediately. And I'm helping Biden when I say that, because when people are watching, you know, right now, if you watch Biden, they look at this guy who doesn't know what the hell's happening. Right now, when they hear me say mass deportation, and we're leading Biden in all the polls, but mass deportation, I'm helping Biden because people are going to stop. It's going to slow him up. Biden came in, he invited everybody in. It's like an invasion of our schools, our hospitals. We don't have hospital space. We don't have anything. There's no country where this would be sustainable. There's no country. When I'm reelected, we will tell the foreign nations that sending caravans that all of these caravans that are coming up will not get one more cent of American money. You know, when you explain no money, no anything, no education, we're not going to take care of you better than our vets. You know, they get taken care of with Biden better than our great vets who are living on streets. He's right about that, President Donald Trump. So he'll be testifying today. But now the New York Times admitting this weekend, admitting they had a couple of polls where Donald Trump, and we know he's going to win the primary, it's not even close. I, I really want you people out there that you may like Nikki Haley, that's your American right, you may, or my friend Carol Markowitz loves Ron DeSantis, but you got to stop. At this point, it's mental masturbation. Trump is going to win easily. He's going to murder the Republican field. It's not going to be close. So now the question becomes, can he win the whole thing? And I heard for months from people like Peter King and Bo Deedle, I can't back Trump because he can't win. Well, according to the New York Times... This weekend, not exactly big fans of Donald Trump. Trump's beaten Biden in five of the major swing states, in five of them. What does that mean? You're wrong. He's going to win. All right, big show coming up today. We start at 645, my friend. Victims' Rights New York, big-time advocate Jennifer Harrison. Nobody better than the great Curtis Lee. But don't forget, folks, tomorrow, Election Day, we're going to break down all these big city council races with the best in the business, the great Curtis Sliwa. He's coming up at 710, 740, which Lowry. 810, Dr. Iris Savetsky. This guy uh, is actually, well, I'll tell you the story later. He's a plastic surgeon. He's going to be live in studio, and he came up big for a nice little Jewish kid in East, in actually the Lower East Side. 840, the great one himself makes a return. Mark Levin.
And it looks as though, at least right now, George Santos set to join us at 910. We'll see. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Once again, congratulations to all of you who finished the New York City Marathon yesterday, especially my beautiful wife, Danielle. Way to go, folks. Back with segment number two right after this. Big disgrace, somebody better put your bag into your place. We will, we will rock you. Sing it. We will, we will rock you. Everybody, we will, we will rock you. We will, we will rock you. I've been hearing a lot about Lang Insurance. They sell luxury home insurance to high net worth individuals in all 50 states. Call Kevin Lang at Lang Insurance. Call 866-964-4434. He's an expert in reviewing your current coverage to save you money, leaving you with your current insurance company or moving you to a less expensive one. Kevin speaks with every new client. Your call, they quote, you save. That's 866-964-4434 or visit Lang I ins.com entertaining and informative this is sit in friends in the morning 77 wabc Part of that amazing ensemble, the Eagles. You know them all. Glenn Fry, Timothy Schmidt, Don Henley, Joe Walsh. Fry celebrating a birthday. Not celebrating, he's dead. Very dead. <laughs> not not, not <laughs> quite. Very dead. He actually died 
right before, I've told you this before, I think him and Bowie both died right before I came back to New York to work with Bernard in 2016. In fact, I remember for about a month before I got the job back here in New York, there were rumors I was getting it anyway. And I was doing an appearance with Imus from my den in Boca once a week. And I remember one day I was on right after Lupica, and I beat Lupica's ass, and I misloved it. Oh, I miss him. Yeah. he's <laughs> Which one, Don or Mike? No. Yeah. But um, but I think Glenn died, like, early January. Two weeks. It looks like about two weeks after Bowie died. Yeah, see? Bowie died beginning of January right. of 2016. Right. And, Bo- and Fry died, like, right after. Ju- yes. I don't see. Oh, oh January 18th. He uh, well, now, there you go, because I arrived in New York to work with Bernard January 26th. But around the 17th and 18th, I was still doing appearances with Imus from uh, my den in Boca. Okay. Yeah. Eight, yes. So Glenn Fry wow. always comes to mind. That's right before I came back to New York, and thanks to Chad Lopez and became the um, the huge star I am today. I, mean, I, I felt like this week is a great week for me. I mean, between the way they all treated me at the marathon yesterday, every cop, every firefighter, it was um, it was pretty unbelievable. And then... The way he got treated in the lobby in the uh, Paramount Theater in Huntington after Bill O'Reilly's show. You know, if I didn't have a big head, I'd be uh, yelling about myself all day long. But yeah, thank God for that. It's not my style. Can you imagine how yeah. it would be here? It's not the way I am. So. No. no. A lot of things just roll right off you. Right, exactly. It's good. It's good. Come and skip I barely make mention. Nice. No, How nice. old would Glenn Fry be today, wise ass? Uh, seven, yeah, 75. You think you were uh. going to catch me, right? I thought <laughs> you were right. <laughs> 75. You know what I always... Uh, now I'll talk about him for a second. I always remember Dagan knew him. From Dagan McDowell? Cousin, yes, and said he was a supreme ass. Is that what she said? Oh, yeah, yes. Really? Yeah, because... I think uh, she's not the only one to say that. I think a few folks said that. Yeah, he's very uh, full of himself. Yeah. Back in the uh, big... East I hate days. guys who are full of themselves. No. Can't back it up. No, that's it. He, uh, you know, he became an actor, too. He was on Miami Vice. That's right. He was good in that. Yeah. Well, well sure. Dagan McDowell is clearly jealous. Of course. <laughs> of course. It's like all of us are, obviously. Of course. So I'm driving home with uh, Danielle on Friday, and we have Cats uh, on, Cats and Cosby, and he was interviewing Nicole Maliotakis. It was the very end of the show. It was like, I don't know, I guess... Um, what would be the uh, the last segment? I guess like five fifty two, you know, on Friday night, and uh, they were talking about these races, and it was, it was funny because John goes, "Yeah, you know, Sid is endorsing Ari Kagan. He did eventually mention Curtis, but he started with me that I'm endorsing Ari Kagan. And John, you're right, I am endorsing Ari Kagan. I I got there because of folks like Curtis and um, and Nicole, but I've known Justin Brandon for twenty three years. And when I met him back at WNEW, he was fine. You know, just a tattoo-riddled, you know, hippo moron working for Opie and Anthony, putting girls into drums with, um, you know, all kinds of bodily fluids in there. That was his job. And then it was a little shocking to me, I'm not going to lie, when I found out that he became a city council member and was actually somebody that people respected and voted for. I have nothing against the kid personally. I really don't. But um, he's a bad guy. In terms of politicians, he's a very bad guy. Very bad. Very bad. I mean, how anybody can root for that guy defunds the police, which is as bad as it gets, has no issues with pro-Palestinian rallies. In fact, he tends to sympathize with them, has a stupid band on his album cover. He 
makes a disgrace out of Mother Teresa. I mean, he's a bad guy. So I don't need to endorse Ari Kagan necessarily if you're just paying attention. Whether you like Ari or not, it's kind of like Trump and Biden. I don't need to endorse Trump if you're paying any attention, any at all. Inflation, interest rates, race issues here in the United States. The world on fire. War again in the Middle East. War again with the Russians. War around the corner with China and Taiwan. You don't need me to endorse Trump. Just pay attention. Just pay attention. And people like Ari Kagan and Donald Trump can't lose or shouldn't lose. Traffic with the great Joe Nolan and Jennifer Harrison coming up next. Right now it's time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. Listen to my guy, the aforementioned John Katzmatidis. It's a great show. Every Sunday, the Cats Roundtable. That's where common sense prevails. Always tells both sides of the story every Sunday morning starting at 8 or listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. Here John talks with former dinner. New Jersey governor and maybe the next mayor of Jersey City. Here's Jim McGreevy with John Katsimatidis. Uh, Governor McGreevy, there's a lot of elections coming up this Tuesday. The whales, they're killing our whales, and I understand that windmill company has left town. What say you? That construction project will probably, for the foreseeable future, be put on ice, and so that that won't be a concern. Um, but, yeah, the, 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 the finances were such that the company was unable to move forward, and they announced to the state of New Jersey, although there's significant liability on their part in the sum of three. 300 plus million dollars that they have committed to the state. This is Sid on Sports. Oh my Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Elk here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com. You no, know, your voice is not that great. <laughs> no, though. it's not that great. Though. Not because he's sick. Because his moron, I saw it on his Instagram, was at yeah, some yeah. bar with a bunch of Eagle fans yeah. yelling and screaming about the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. So You have to know when you're a radio guy, you know, when I go to Giant Games, for example, I never scream. Never, never, never. Yeah. Your voice is all that matters, so. Well, it's not terrible. No, it's not terrible. You're fine, but. It's been worse. Just, I mean, you're just, you're just so stupid. It's unbelievable. I, I mean, I'm not... Uh, Eagles close. and Cowboys. I mean, you're a grown man. That's the game of the week. Well, go to the game and root for the Eagles <laughs> without yelling and screaming. There's, there's one uh, video you took of yourself. No one else is even yelling except for you. I know. Yeah. And what does it do? What does the yelling actually do? What does do? it do? You, you, you look yeah. like an idiot. It gets them, what do you mean? It gets, it gets them to play better. They That's don't hear scientific. you. You're in a bar. You're not even anywhere near the game. <laughs> and and, and the only reason I'm screaming and nobody else is is because I see things that other people don't. No, it's, because, no, it's because you're oh. drunk. Oh. Uh, by the way, what, uh, who is number, who's, oh, number 88, who's number 88 on the Eagles? Dallas Goddard. Oh, Goddard. Okay. Yeah. All right. He fractured his arm last night, so he's going to be out for oh, oh, God, no, Nobody cares. Oh, my God. You should be screaming about that. Right now, they're giving mouth-to-mouth to some Israeli soldier in Gaza. Who okay, cares about you, you can't say that every time I'm doing a sports update. <laughs> every time. That's every not time fair. You give me some stupid piece of sports fair. information. You know, I, 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 some I have to do these. Uh, this kid, Chris Soriano, he's a great kid. I love the kid. He puts a Facebook thing up this morning, and he tags me about the Carl Banks, Boomer, Esaias, and fight at the fan. I go, these are grown men. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm really starting to sound like I'm his, but he's right. What are we doing here? You got real issues in the United States. I'm going to worry about Boomer Esiason and Carl Banks or that Dallas Goddard hurt his arm. He's making $20 million. God. 
Boy, it's going to be a big loss for the offense. It'll be a tremendous loss, I think. <laughs> yeah. right. You should be screaming. Scream. Uh, Giants get spanked in Vegas uh, to the Raiders, 30-6. to And you get the Jets tonight. They'll wrap out uh, Week 9 against the L.A. Chargers on Monday Night Football. Kickoff 8-15. Chargers are currently 3.5-point favorites on the ice. Just the Devils in action last night, besting the Blackhawks in Chicago by a score of 4-2. to And on the hardwood, no local action last night, but you got a doubleheader to look forward to tonight. The Knicks will be at the Garden, tipping off with the visiting uh, L.A. Clippers at 7.30. Also at 7.30, the Nets are, are going to face the Milwaukee Bucks at the Barclays Center. That's sports sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Go to PeerlessSpoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. And I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sitting Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. We're only 15 days away from Thanksgiving 2023. 15 days away. And even crazier than that, I'm only 16 days away. It's a day after Thanksgiving for my little boy Gabriel turning 15 years old. Man, it is uh, moving way too fast. Slow it down, somebody, please. Talking about kids, I also want to thank A.J. Katsimatidis because thousands of you folks... On my Instagram and Facebook pages, once again, follow me this morning on Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, Facebook, Sid Rosenberg as well. Thousands of you sent some really nice messages to Danielle after she completed that marathon yesterday. There's a great picture of her and I uh, when she does complete it in her big orange, you know, uh, jacket and that whole thing. And um, I want to thank everybody for the nice messages, uh, especially A.J. Katzmatidis. Thank you very much. It was very sweet. All right, 6.53 on your Monday morning. Victims' Rights, New York, Jennifer Harrison, good friend of mine, been on this show many times. Jen, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Happy Monday. Thank you. Thank you. You know, well, last week we had Andrew Cuomo on this station, and, um, you know, a lot of people don't like that. I don't. Um, You know, John is the boss, and John's a very smart man, and, you know, if he gets ratings, great, but... I just despise the guy. Uh, but what's funny is every time he's on, you must send me about 30 texts. I mean, I don't know why you listen. You hate the guy so much. You know he's going to lie about everything. He's never going to come clean and be honest. So my question is very simple. Why put yourself through that misery? Why? 
Well, because how are we going to counter those lies and talk about them and spread the correct information if we don't listen to what he's saying? So I'm sorry that I blow up your phone every time, but it's either that or throw my phone through the TV. So I have to text you instead. Well, what are you most angry about? You got the nursing home situation, 18,000 people die, and him and DeRosa, they never really say anything about it. Uh, the uh, What else is it that, uh, you know, obviously the money he took from that book in the COVID and he shut down the businesses and did all that type of stuff. You know, the other stuff, the stuff with the women, I actually think is um, is the least of what he did. I found that to be relatively innocuous. What, what was What's your biggest issue with the governor? I mean, I have a lot of different issues, but my biggest issue now is the fact that he's going around trying to reinvent himself as some kind of voice of reason with everything that's going on right now. When he He's basically the creator of all of it. He was governor for, what, 11 years of New York? He made New York a sanctuary state, okay? even He went so far as to prevent uh, people from reporting illegals to ICE when they committed crimes, including rape and murder. He actually referred to ICE. He actually referred to ICE, and Curtis points this out all the time. He actually referred to ICE as a bunch of thugs. And while you're at it, not only did he make uh, New York a sanctuary state, he was the creator of the same issue. All of a sudden, he's got an epiphany. He was the architect of bail reform. He was the one. Not only was he the architect, he refused to sign a budget unless it included bail reform. And now he wants to talk about how horrible that is. Well, you know what? It had to be, and he says, well, there were fixes, there were this. It it had to be kind of like fixes or band-aids put on it because of how bad it was written when he passed it. So why would he allow, you know, you're talking about someone who really probably was the most powerful and i say evil governor in our history and he couldn't get this done the right way are you kidding me i mean every everything that this guy did was horrible he destroyed our state and now there's an excuse for everything and yes it makes me mad about these women too because now they're the ones that take up everything they they take up all of the attention out of all of the issues once again, and we don't ever talk about what he did to our state. We don't talk about what he did with bail reform, and we don't talk about what he did with the nursing homes, which we still don't have answers for. Melissa DeRosa actually said last week, I think no one played the audio, that uh, this is a perfect time for Andrew Cuomo to get back into <laughs> into politics. I mean, she may be right. The time may be good because everybody is so bad at their jobs, but... When you have an evil guy like that, a real scumbag like that, why would, what, what time would ever be perfect for a guy like Andrew Cuomo? Over oh, my dead body, Sid. So you're not going to endorse him? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll be everywhere calling him out on his life. Well, you tried. Uh, this is uh, also inside baseball, but I have to put it out there. And I see Noam kind of smiling in the newsroom. But uh, the two or three times he's been on this station, you try to call in every time. And I uh, believe uh, last week when it was on with Scaramucci, they told you to hold on. They're going to put you on the air. And then uh, Cuomo or somebody must have recognized who you were. And as they're about to get to you, they didn't put you on, did they? No. And, yeah, they, they said that I was I was coming on. I asked them, I said, if you're not going to put me on, can you just let me know that I'm, I'm not getting on so that I can move on with my day? They said, no, 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 hold on, you're coming up. And then it's on YouTube about um, – it was 2.08 in the afternoon, so I think it's uh, 52 minutes in on the YouTube video on WABC Radio. They say oh, – he says, okay, we're going to go to our next caller. 
And then um, somebody in the background says something, and he says, oh, we're not going to go to our next caller. We're actually going to talk about immigration. What is it? He knows you then. Obviously, he knows your name or he knows you, clearly. And I, I guess they know who I am. I mean, I, I've made enough noise about it. but um, Yeah, I would say that you're, you're kind of right there with Janice Dean. I mean, you and Janice have been the two vocal, very vocal leaders. Uh, and me, I'm here too, and Curtis of the anti-Cuomo movement, which which really any decent human, I mean, i got all these buddies in Brooklyn, the Italians are like, no, I'm friends with Andrew Cuomo, as if that's a badge of honor. Friends with Andrew Cuomo, friends like that, who needs enemies? Right. I'd rather be in the circle that we're in, you, Janice, and Curtis, it's an honor to be among all of you. Well, thank instead you very with- much. Thank you. Thank I mean, you. Th- this guy, I just don't understand the, the how people are so enamored with him. You know, like I said. He has very big hands. Uh, <laughs> Whatever, who cares? Um, I don't. He's got too big of a head. I, um, you know, I'm a single mom. I was in the hospitality business during COVID, so like my entire life was destroyed with these with these shutdowns. My my son, you know, I know Gabe is turning 15. Congratulations! I know how how bittersweet that is. Um, but my son was very young and was at home because of all the lockdown lockdown. So as a struggling single mom, I'm trying to navigate going to work having to deal with everybody and babysit there with the mask mandates and shutdowns and, and social distance, distancing, and then having to homeschool my, my child and make sure that he's not falling behind. And then my two of my loved ones and family members were killed in a nursing home. I had already been fighting uh, tenaciously against bail reform because my boyfriend was murdered. So like this guy and I, Jesus. you know, it, it's not just a w- one thing with him. He He's destroyed my life in many, many different ways. I've had to deal with and clean up his messes uh, along the way um, in so many different ways as well. And for him to just pretend that this doesn't, this didn't happen or he's not to blame for it in the wake of so much destruction, people lost their jobs. People lost their lives. People weren't allowed to have funerals while he encouraged George Floyd protests. And, and to watch him try and reinvent this is, um, you know, it, it, it feels like it's the same kick in the gut that it felt like when it was happening. I agree. It's nauseating. So, uh, uh, and you keep saying things like you're not surprised about the pro-Palestinians and all these folks that hate the Jews, either am I. But I do want to get to some of these uh, city council races tomorrow because these are also people that have gotten uh, in your crosshairs, Jen Harrison, much like Andrew Cuomo has. Any uh, last couple of words on uh, the big election day coming up tomorrow? Yeah, you know, like you, you just mentioned, I, I've been screaming from the rooftops that, that we have a completely depraved indifference towards human life sweeping across society. And, and it starts with elected officials, and it starts right here in your own backyard at home. Nothing is more important than local elections. And I know that they're low turnouts. I've been watching the numbers, but I, I think we see a lot of people coming out more than more than usual in the local elections. So that's a good sign. But we really, it, it starts in your own backyard. If you want to get these scumbags out of office, that have a depraved indifference towards human life, that stand with rapists and murderers over victims, that stand with terrorists over Israel. You have to get out and you have to vote tomorrow. Not just vote, but you have to vote Republican. Don't tell people to just yeah. vote. They'll go vote Democrat. I mean, you know, I, I, I keep asking people, you know, John, you listen every day. Give me one common sense Democrat. I mean, I guess Governor Patterson, uh, he's not a he's not a politician anymore. And I love him to pieces. He'd become a very, very good friend. He's not that common sense, trust me. Uh, see, everybody gives me one guy, Bob Holden. That's it. And he is. Bob's a great guy. I love him. He's in uh, Queens. 
But, you know, you, you can't have a list of common-sense Democrats when the list includes one and tell people to vote. You must tell people to vote Republican. Vote Republican. That should be the message, not just vote. Well, that, that's that's true, too. But we we do have some common-sense Democrats. They are few and far between. Oh, give me him. Give me him besides um, Holden. Well, Judge George Grasso, who's running in, in the Queens. I know I like George, but he's gotten, he's, first of all, he's not a, he's a more of a Republican than a Democrat. He's running as an independent, and I love him to pieces, but Melinda Katz is going to kill him. Right, but we have an R candidate running in Queens for Queens District Attorney who's a complete moron, who has no experience, who doesn't have the issues. I actually had to call and yell at him the other day because he's, you know, any vote for an R is taking votes away for, uh, Judge Grasso in that district, and and people's lives are at stake, and this is a very serious issue. So we we really need everybody in Queens who's a Republican, who's an independent, who's a conservative to get out tomorrow and vote for Judge Grasso. Bring your neighbors because people are. I just found out about a little girl who was sexually assaulted uh, because Melinda Katz refused to prosecute uh, the attacker in an original case. So you know, little kids are being attacked, people are dying, nothing's being handled the right way. Rapes are up in one precinct over 100% Sid in Queens and Flushing, I believe. So um, we really need everybody to get out and vote for Judge Grasso. Did you say rapes are up over 100%? Yes, in Flushing. Oh, my God. Jesus. All right, well, listen, you're great. For folks who want to help you out, Victim Rights New York, how do they do that, Jen? Uh, so the the political action committee is victimsrightsnypac.com. If you're unsure who to vote for tomorrow, you could, we have our list of endorsements and, and all of the boroughs on there. And we have a nonprofit that provides support and advocacy for victims, and that's victimsrightsreformcouncil.org. You keep talking, man. I love you to death. I would do. I think you're great, Jen, and uh, you're brave. And what you went through with your boyfriend, and as he talked about, you know, raising your little boy by yourself and having to deal with scumbags like Cuomo. I think you're a terrific young lady. I really do. So thank you for hopping on today. We'll talk again very soon. Thank you for all of your support, always, Sid. You got it. John, I love you. That's Jen Harrison. She's a great kid. Kid. I notice I call everybody a kid. You know what it is? I'll tell you why. Somebody said to me last week, they go, that guy's not a kid. He's like 50. I go, yeah, but he doesn't have nearly the experiences that I've got, you know. <laughs> so until you've been to jail and rehab and do all the things that I've done, I basically do you as a kid. So you're saying people have to go to jail and rehab to become an adult? Basically. Okay. <laughs> right. Is that weird, Lewis? Why are you laughing, Lou? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I continue to be astounded, that's all. I just don't. And that's saying something for how long I've known you. Oh, that's fine. All right. We'll do Curtis Sliwa, Rich Lowry next hour. Live in studio in the 8 o'clock hour, Dr. Ira Savetsky. And guess who's coming back? The great one himself, Mark Levin. It's a huge Monday show. Hour number two about to come your own way. Friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC.
Tell you who that lady is. My beautiful wife, Danielle, finishing her sixth New York City marathon, her 40th, 40 marathons overall. Could also stand for folks like uh, Kelly Klingman and Ina Vernikov. You know, Ina invited me to her party tomorrow night, her quote-unquote victory party. I guess she's pretty confident she's going to win. I can't tell you where it is. It's in Brooklyn, I can tell you that. So and uh, and um, some other ladies were rooting for tomorrow, including Christy Marmorota, despite the Mike Rendino history. So who that lady, baby, could uh, go for a lot of you folks out there? Danielle, in fact, is on her way into the city to get her medal, which she received yesterday after completing the race, engraved, which is very exciting. So congrats again to uh, Danielle. All right, he gets uh, major ratings, major noon to one every weekday afternoon. Big ratings hosting overnights. On the weekends, and of course, does tremendous work with me every morning. Every morning here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. He's the icon, the legend, Mr. Guardian Angel. And who knew this, but he's actually run four New York City marathons, the great Curtis Sliwa. I hate, I despise, I loathe these marathons. This is the greatest day for New York all year. Are you kidding are you kidding? All these self-centered, self-absorbed, I'm better than anybody else as they walk around in the city with their orange runner capes on. And everybody gets a medal. What is this? You participate, you get a medal. It's like our kids. Well, you got to finish. You got a medal when you finish. But what is this? No, no, no. You deserve to get a medal when you go 26.2 miles. Could you do it, bitch face? Hell no. Uh, and right, so there you go. I'm not going to be wearing an <laughs> Apple Watch and looking at my EKG monitor, heart rate monitor. I hate oh, you. get out of here with their workout gear, their tiny shorts. They're all overachievers. They shut down my damn city. I ha- Get out of my city now. <laughs> and by the way, let me tell you what I did. Yeah. In preparation for my show last night, I spent an hour looking to get a plate of beans and rice, just simple beans and rice. You can't get it in a restaurant. Everybody's Hispanic, legal or illegal, in the kitchen, in the front. I said, I just want a plate, red beans and white rice. Sorry, we don't have it. I said, don't you eat that in the kitchen? Uh, we eat it when we're home. We don't want to eat any of that food when we're here in the restaurant. So it took me an hour to find a plate of red beans and rice. How? In, in New York City? Yes. Yes. What? Oh, are they out of it? Is no, they don't serve it. I guess they don't want certain people in their restaurants. But anyway, they want them to work, but they don't want to serve them their food. So anyway, as I'm roaming the streets, I'm meeting all my homeless friends, my emotionally disturbed friends. You know, nobody has more of those friends than me. I know, but I, I, I've seen you, and, and again, I give you all the credit in the world. I've seen videos of, of Curtis feeding these people. I mean, Curtis has a tremendous heart. You guys don't get it. But you actually refer to these people as your quote unquote friends? They are. They you know talk them by, to me. like you know them by name? I know them. Leo Leo was shaking yesterday. So I go Leo, up to one of yeah. these groups. <laughs> yeah. I say, Could I have one of your orange runners capes? You have, when did you finish the race? Oh, yeah. two hours ago. No, we can't give you that. I of said, course not. Look at the look at the man there. He's yeah, shaking. It doesn't matter. Oh no, this is my momento. Uh, I'm right, taking this home. Of course. And say, well, wait a second. If you are, if you were on the Yankees, maybe this all you can understand this. If you're on the Yankees and you just won the World Series and you got yourself a World Series ring and you walk past some some Leo guy and he's like, "Wow, 
I'd love that ring. You're going to give him the ring? He just won the World Series with that team. Are you kidding? You remember Putin was saying he looked at Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, and he goes, can I see that ring? And remember, he gave it to him, and Putin said, the ring's mine now. What are you going to do about it, Kraft, <laughs> right? That's a remember true story, that? yes, yes. But anyway, yeah. the point is, I, yeah. I asked six different people, yeah. all of them with these stupid orange runners case. Fantastic. Just please give me one. No, I want to take it. care of my friend no, Leo. no. no. No, no, no. I agree. I wouldn't do it either. I hate them all. Get the <laughs> hell out of my do you, city. Do, you know, you understand that, forget about whether you, uh, they are, they're, they're like a cult. I agree with you. Total they're, cult. They're a cult. Totally yeah. self-absorbed. They're crazy, right. But you understand that here we are, 50, 60,000 New Yorkers on a gorgeous day. All of your friends, Eddie Caban and Laura Cavanaugh and Chief Jeff Madry. They're no my, they're no my friend. They're, well, they're not my friends. Yeah, they could well, be my, your those friends. Those are my friends. Your friend is Leo. I'm saying and I got the, I got the chief of staff. Yeah, let me tell you something. <laughs> I, I, here it is. We got all these problems in the city. And we know already, it's like, uh, is anybody betting on the marathon, right? Oh, it's going to be an Ethiopian or Kenyan. Ethiopian, Kenyan. They rotate. That most people can't even find Ethiopia and Kenya on a map. <laughs> I know. What's the interest? I don't, listen, the the American uh, in the men's side. You're right. Uh, number he came in tenth. The, the the best American finish was number ten on the men's side. The women did a little better. We had eight and nine, but both of those Let ladies, Hunter and Huddy, just gave birth to uh, little children. When you were in uh, high school, yes, I remember remember, remember the guys and gals who would run cross country in the fall. Yes, were they not the weirdest, nerdiest yes. group? I agree. These are weird people. They're weird. Totally. I sat there with Danielle at John Jay College at 5 o'clock in the morning yesterday, and they were, like, fist-bumping and dancing and yeah, singing. And like, oh, I got to carb up. I got to carb up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got to have carbs. I got to eat spaghetti, 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 macaroni. Shut up. I want my city back. Get the hell out of here. Uh, listen, but with all that said, on a serious note, on a serious note, because I've run two half marathons, and the second one I ran in Fort Lauderdale years ago, I almost died. It really is an unbelievably taxing physical experience. And for some of these people, I mean, I got to tell you, standing by the finish line, Curtis, when folks came by in wheelchairs, you know, guys that were catastrophically injured in wars who finished this race, it, it is it is pretty overwhelming. So I get all your points, and some of them are funny and some are true. But the truth is, it's an incredible accomplishment. Okay, you'll be able to. And I'm to, proud of all these You'll people. be able to go home. Your wife will let you go home now, now that you've defended <laughs> her honor and the honor of all these weirdos. No, no, I, they're, I, I, again, I admit it, they all weird. Self-centered, absorbed, we're the best, we're elitists, we're runners. They're not good. To, notice, we're not uh. joggers, we're runners, we're elite. Out of my way, jogger! Out of my way, you old lady! But here's the difference. They may be self-absorbed, some of them, not all of them. And there may be all those things you're talking about, but not hurting anybody. They're out there running a race, and it's beautiful. What about all these people that people will vote for tomorrow on Election Day that are self-absorbed, that are all the things you're describing the runners as, that are going to end up killing us? People, you think Justin Brannon isn't self-absorbed? You think Justin Brannon doesn't have an overwhelming sense of self-importance? Of course he Unlike does. Unlike the runners, he can hurt us. Uh, but let me ask you a question. Uh, he got endorsed by your friend Eric Adams, who I noticed. Very late. lukewarm, very lukewarm. Uh, he's, tepid, tepid. he's on the down low, uh, Eric Adams. By the way, uh, who did he have to talk to so urgently that he had to come back from Washington, D.C.? Why couldn't he talk on the phone, Sid? He looked panicked. What did he have to do back in New York that couldn't have waited another six hours? And what about when he told your friend, Eric Ulrich, watch your back and watch your phones, huh? 
Uh, is that a, a self-prophecy? How come you're not talking about your very dear friend Eric Adams, who the walls are closing in on now? I happened to see Eric Adams uh, yesterday. He didn't see me, but he was the guy that kicked off the marathon. It was great to have him there, the mayor. And uh, all the runners really appreciated that. I know he spoke at a church in Brooklyn yesterday, too. So Eric Adams did his civic duty yesterday here in New York and made sure these runners got off to a fantastic start. Yeah, but you see, you play the Isley Brothers song coming in, right? I did, yes. Uh, who's that lady? Who's that lady? Who's that 25-year-old African-American woman? Oh, so you weren't talking about Danielle. No. You weren't talking about Kelly Klingman or Ina Vernikoff. No, no. You were talking about Brianna Suggs? Yes. Who the hell is she that you're going to claim that she raised $18 million. Sure, 25-year-old woman who just previously was your intern. That's the face of the fundraising. Come on. We know who the real fundraisers are there. Getting wine dined in pocket line, Eric Adams. You can run, but you can't hide from Curtis Sliwa. I know where all the bones are buried and who buried them on you. And let me tell you something. Your friend... Hmm. It's not going to the White House where he always dreamed. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the next black president, Eric Adams. He's going to the big house and changing shackles for political corruption. That's fine. Um, the guy before him should also be going to the big house and his wife. Bill de Blasio and his nasty, ugly wife who oh, stole by, a by billion the way, dollars. Speaking of Bill de Blasio, was yeah. Bill de Blasio's, uh, uh, dirty, uh, grave digger from his campaign who helped Justin Brannon. That's what I was about to ask you about. A group called Verrazano Victory Alliance. Never heard of them. Well, according to this report, Curtis, which I know you know about, they sent a text to registered Republican voters urging them to vote for a write-in candidate, Republican Catherine Katari, instead of the GOP nominee, Ari Kagan, in a bid to split the GOP vote and win uh, the race for Brannon. So uh, according to uh, this article... The Ver- Verrazano Victory Alliance. VVA. VVA for short. Never heard of them. They were created by John Paul Lupo, Ooh. a pal of Brandon, and a former aide to oh, Mayor de Blasio. Oh, I see. Oh, so dirty politics. Wait a second now. So wait we, a second now. So we have Justin Brandon, not only who wants to close Rikers and has defunded the police, and made fun of an autistic young man, locked him in the basement of their headquarters. This autistic kid is now endorsing Harry Kagan. But now dirty politics pretending that somebody is going to be running against Harry Kagan as a Republican, vote for her in a writing vote, and then she comes forward and says, what are you talking about? I already voted for Harry Kagan. Dirty, dirty, dirty. Your friend who used to put women in excrement and urine for the Opie and Dopey show. And this guy wants to be the city councilman again? <laughs> yeah, from the river to the sea, Justin Brandon, right? From the Hudson River to the Atlantic Ocean. We're going to make sure that you're not sitting in council helping the cop haters and helping those who hate the Jews. And Danielle just texted me, and let me get this. Radio personalities, they're not self-absorbed? Well, of course we are. <laughs> we need a crane to get us in and out of a room. Yeah, she just are, you, are you mongous uh, so, egos? So I'm sure that on your uh, Rip and Weed show coming up at noon, you'll do some of these uh, major races. 
you and I, really you, I'm going to give you the credit, stop. You attach my name to which I appreciate, but you picked out the uh, 12 candidates we are endorsing together in tomorrow's races, and we've placed an importance on three or four of them, including uh, Ina Vernikoff. You've got Klingman, who you personally are, are going to be with tomorrow. By the, by the way, when uh, Ina has her victory party, because she's going to win, you support her, I support her, yeah. does she have to go through a metal detector before <laughs> she goes into her party? Is she going to be strapped with her 9 millimeter? I actually think that helped her. I really think oh, that. of course it did. Brooklyn people love that. Oh, of course around. Yeah, You know that. that. You're Smart. from that area. I know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Kelly Klingman and uh, we mentioned Ari Kagan, but I tell you, this Tony Avella, Danielle sent me a story a couple of weeks ago that he went to a funeral for a guy that was uh, giving money to the uh, Palestinians, to Hamas. I mean, I don't know the whole story, to be honest. But oh, yeah. Well, when they were when they were looking at the cadaver in formaldehyde, they were all singing from the river to the well, sea. They, they were doing that, right? Of so, course. So Hamas supporters. Th- is there any way Vicky Palladino can lose that race? Well, she's working hard. I've been with her out there on the campaign trail, as I've been with Ari Kagan and, of course, Kelly Klingman, who's running against the mini-me of AOC All Out Crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, Tiffany Caban. And yeah, no, no, no. Vicky's going to win. She's done the work. Ari Kagan, I hope he just destroys Justin Brandon for all time. What an evil man. Evil, evil, evil. And Tiffany Caban, we want to send her to a socialist country. Pick your country. Venezuela, ah, Nicaragua, Cuba. Ah. You think it's so much better there? And let me tell you something. Don't do the rope of dope on me, Sid Rosenberg. Your guy. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, is in trouble. He's on the ropes, and he's acting like, no, no, the Turks, Turkey, well, yeah, I flew there six times. Who the hell goes to Turkey unless you're there to pick up the loot and bring it back, and then you can crow like the rooster that Eric Adams thinks he is ruling the roost. Let me tell you this, City Hall, I know you listen intently. You got rats. I know Eric Adams is afraid of four-legged rats, but oh boy, do you have two-legged rats. Some of them with the FBI, and some of them with Curtis Sliwa. Think about it, Eric, when you're there in Fort Dix or up there in Otisville. About political corruption, maybe you can pray to your shrine of Shelly Silver and all the corrupt officials who've gone down for the count. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Hello to all my friends at Hillel. Um, these are some crazy times, but you know what? For Jews, it's always at some level a crazy time. I'll tell you a personal story. When I was 12 years old, I was in a park, and all of a sudden this kid comes up and starts fighting me. And he's this and that and Jew this and that. And um, I went to my dad. I'm like, I went, by the way, after I got the best of him, I went to my dad yeah, and my I was like, Dad, what's a cop? And he explained to me, you know, what it meant and i was like why why would he want to fight me and you know my dad you know did his best to try to explain things to me but the core understanding and what i wanted to share is that there's always going to be people who hate us period end of story and there's absolutely nothing we can do about it but our lives and who we are is not defined 
by who hates us. It's defined by who loves us and who we love. Because from that comes all of our strength, comes all of our power. There may only be 15 or 16 million of us in the whole world. But that love and that connection is stronger than anything anybody else can do. It's another tequila sunrise Staring slowly across the sky Said goodbye He was just a hired hand Working on the dreams he planned to try The days go by Every night when the sun goes down Just another lonely boy in town She's out running Happy birthday right here to the late great Glenn Fry, Tequila Sunrise, the Eagles. That voice you just heard, believe it or not, proud Jewish man, is the owner of the Dallas Mavericks in the NBA and, of course, one of the big stars on Shark Tank. He's been on the show a couple of times. He didn't like Bernie very much. <laughs> Completely honest with you. Wasn't a huge fan of mine either, but uh, Mark Cuban. I was Mark Cuban. And it's nice to see some of the uh, famous Jewish people get out there. And Because, God, the list, I mean, every weekend I see another name. I think the latest name I saw that is pro-Palestinian is um, Angelina Jolie. No, I mean, no surprise. Uh, please, come on. I never hear a name and go, wow, really? It, Angelina? No. Never. So, um, like Mark Cuban or not, and he's not a big Trump guy, you know, like him or not, it's nice to hear some of the more recognizable, well-known Jewish people get out there. You know, I, I told you a story quickly last week about my daughter, Ava. She sent me a message. She said, Dad, my friend Rafi got beat up on the Lower East Side. A guy walked up to him and said, are you Jewish? And Rafi uh, said, yeah. And the guy just pummeled him after that. And he broke his face, and he messed up his nose, and Ava was like, Daddy, can you help him? Because he needs $4,000 to get surgery. And he has a GoFundMe page. Can you help? And I said, of course, sweetheart, I will help. So I put it up on my Instagram page, and thousands of you, thousands of you actually responded. And a couple of doctors, from Bill Aiden, whose wife Jennifer is on the Housewives in uh, New Jersey, to uh, Ira Savetsky, whose wife Liz was almost a real housewife of New York, but she actually went through anti-Semitism right there, never did it. So Ira, it turns out, is one of the most uh, successful and well-known plastic surgeons, not just in New York, but around the country. And true to his word, he said on my page, have the kid come see me, I'll take care of it. True to his word, he did, which I think is a beautiful gesture. And with that said, Ira Savetsky now is coming live in studio. I invited him this morning, coming up in about 30 minutes. Because any Jew or non-Jew that reaches out to a Jew in need is a friend of mine. Right? Any Jew or non-Jew that reaches out to a friend in need is a friend of mine. So Ira will join us coming up at um, 8.15, the great witch Lowry. Editor, National Review, he's coming up momentarily. The great one is back, Mark Levin, making his second appearance in a month. He'll be here at 840. Supposedly, George Santos, 
He said yes on Friday, but he lies every now and then. <laughs> Supposed to be here at 9.10, and then we'll talk to Nicole Maliotakis about these very important city council races. She'll be here at 9.30, so a huge guest list about to come your way. Huge. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Lisa report. That just moments ago, I officially filed to appear on the ballot in the Florida Republican primary. So we'll see. Which I'm also happy to report that we're leading by about 75 points. So that's good. And with your help, we are going to win the Florida primary for the third straight time. We're going to win the state in a landslide next November, just like we've done twice. And we're going to defeat crooked Joe Biden, and we are going to make America great again. Come on, baby! From your mouth to God's ears, that's my friend, former President Donald Trump, in Kissimmee, Florida, on Saturday night at the Florida Freedom Summit. They had seven of those... Candidates there, they're all there. Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, Bat Stupid, Chris Christie. <laughs> they actually booed Chris Christie off the stage. It was wonderful to watch. It really was. And it was the first time since this whole election cycle started that Trump and DeSantis were in the same building at the same time. And um, he, he talked about DeSantis, too. I'll play that later. But what a day when you consider that here's Trump. And he's killing everybody. He's, I mean, anybody who's, I mean, Lowry's coming on. He's got to stop. Nikki's got, and I don't care about Iowa. They have no chance. It's over. It's so over. And now we're like a, like six weeks away. The only question is, can he beat Biden? And for all the folks out there, the Peter Kings and Bo Deedles who said he couldn't do it, according to the New York Times, who hates Trump, they hate Trump. He's up big in five swing states, major swing states. So the idea that Trump can't win is just stupid because he did win last two times ago. He garnered over 70 million votes last time, and now, according to the Times, he's kicking ass. With that said, here he is, the editor of the National Review, NBC, Political, all that great stuff, and a great Monday morning guest, my friend Rich Lowry. Rich, good morning. How are you? Good. Good. How are you? I'm great. So what a day. So here the president is killing everybody, and yet, and yet, he's in court. Not just in court this morning in New York. He's going to testify you're going to see Donald Trump on the stand in court while he's running away with this race, including Biden at this point. This is remarkable to watch. Yeah, but it's not a it's not a but or a despite. This is one of the reasons he's running away with it is people think all this is unfair. And there's a reason, you know, he's a very shrewd guy. He's, he's totally enraged by this uh, civil fraud suit in New York. But he also realizes being there is good for him. Um, and and it's the, the legal entanglements have worked for him since the raid on Mar-a-Lago, and it's one reason you know he's he's had by the forty points or whatever it is. But that New York Times poll that you mentioned really significant. If the election were held today, there's no doubt Donald Trump would beat Joe Biden. You know, you never said that once in uh, almost three years with me and Bernie. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, th- this is different. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> So, uh, you, but is that because of what the New York, because the New York Times, again, they don't like Trump. Uh, so yep. you say that this morning because of the Times report or it's your gut or just a combination of a bunch of things. Well, the, time, the Times uh, poll tipped me over the edge. But, 
it's not an outlier. We've seen these other polls that show Trump leads on the economy, Trump leads on foreign affairs, Trump leads on the border. He leads on everything that people care about except for abortion, right? So if that holds true, he's going to win. It doesn't matter if he's in jail or not in jail or, or what he says or does. If he's ahead by more than 10 points on the economy, he's going to win. So the Democrats have a lot of work to do. They're obviously depending on these trials next year, uh, convicting him. I don't think they'll actually throw him in jail, but they, you know, it'll be a possibility. And they're going to work him over on all the January 6th stuff and, and all the rest of it. But there was a CBS poll yesterday. I guess it was it. I don't know whether it's, whether they did it with the New York Times or this was separate. But people think they'll be better off if Trump is president, and that's just hard to get around. You know, they're, they're not going to care about January six if they think their interests will be served by this guy being president again. Not a hypothetical because he was president. I had this argument with yeah. Patrick McEnroe a couple of months ago. He said, "Well, how do you know uh, Putin wouldn't do it?" I said, "Patrick, don't be stupid. Putin did it." When Obama was president, he did it again when Biden was president. What, did we just get lucky with Trump? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, you know, you talk about January 6th. Anybody who reads a dictionary will find out that that was not an insurrection. The media uses that word. Jack Smith uses that word. It was not an insurrection. In fact, in fact, I will tell you that what happened at the White House a couple of weeks ago with the Democrats, that was much closer to an insurrection than January 6th. How about that? Yeah, I've never, I never thought it was an appropriate word. Like CNN, it just instantly, it was like the, the party line had come down and, and they, they were saying it every three minutes, you know, on their, their, uh, air and they haven't stopped since. It was a bad day. It was a riot. The crowd ran right. out of control. Never right. should have happened, et cetera, right. et cetera. Right. So you're not going to make people care about that more than their, their finances or whether they think we're going to go to war or not. You're not. Well, so, I agree. Um, they, I, I they, actually, they, they have a hard, hard task, the Democrats. I actually thought for a while that They'd have to come up, the Republicans, and I'm talking about the, the committee, the House, guys like Jim Comer and, um, and, uh, Jim Jordan, Nancy Mason, all of them, would have to come up with really hard evidence to prove that Joe Biden, uh, did in fact take money. I mean, I mean, bank deposits with his name on it for him to win, um, for uh, Trump, I should say, to, uh, to win. There was a time I thought that, that no matter how good of a president Trump was, and he was terrific for three and a half years until China unleashed the COVID virus on us. I really thought that Biden would have to be guilty way back when for Trump to win. I don't think that anymore. I think like you're yeah. talking about, Americans are coming to the realization when Trump was president, my life was pretty good. And right now, the country, the world, it's a mess. Yeah, so it's the, the substantive questions that we've just been talking about. It's Biden's age, which is a backdrop to all this. You know, three-quarters of people think he's not up for it because he's not up for it, obviously. But then, you know, on the corruption stuff – they got the checks, right? We've been sitting around talking to what, you know, are they going to show any direct connection? They got the checks. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's barely created a ripple in the media. But, you know, B- Bobolinsky and others were saying all along the arrangement was 10 percent for the big guy. Sure enough, there's this $400,000 tranche from a Chinese energy company that's basically a creature of the Chinese regime. <laughs> and what, what percentage of it goes to Joe Biden? Ten. Ten percent. They got it. Right to them. And they're saying it's a loan repayment, but they haven't shown us any evidence of loans yet. So the Democrats, according to today's uh, New York Daily News, which uh, I compel people not to read. I mean, you're better off reading Dr. Seuss. But they may have gotten this one right. They're saying that 
the Democrats are at this point scared to death. They they really believe that uh, Biden really could lose to Trump. They're scared to death. So my question to you is, what are they going to do? I mean, if they can't convince Michelle Obama, that's the same name. God, it's getting annoying. I know, but that's the name. That's the one person that, as much as I love and and endear and all these things, Trump. She runs against Trump tomorrow. She wins. That's my mm-hmm. opinion. Who cares? Uh, but otherwise, I can't see anybody from Gavin Newsom to any one of these morons in that party winning. So what are they going to do? Uh, I mean, they're they're stuck with them. Um, th- there either needs to be some. You know, terrible thing happens to him, a, a bad fall, which I hope doesn't happen, but could happen at, at any time, or just a determination by Joe and Jill. You know, we're not up for it, but they're not going to do that. So they're they're stuck with them. So the, they'll whistle past the graveyard. And look, I think uh, Trump does has, have his vulnerabilities. They'll work him over. Things will happen next year. It's going to be very unpredictable. So maybe he ekes it out again. But but they they should be terrified. They, they're they're trying to get a. Uh, sputtering jalopy over the finish line that that could stall out on the racetrack at any moment. Do you have any other idea what they can do? I mean, again, outside of Obama? I mean, do you agree, too, that uh, a lot of stories, which I've been saying for years, too, I mean, I'm no... I'm no genius, trust me. I'm only six years removed from talking about Eli Manning against Dallas. <laughs> but, but but I'm a common-sense guy. I think that's part of my appeal, folks. You know, I'm not sitting there on Fox News an hour every night trying to break this stuff down. But, I mean, I can tell for years that Barack Obama has had his hand in almost every one of these important Joe Biden decisions. And let me say this. Obama never liked the Jews. The Jews never liked mm-hmm. Obama. Bibi couldn't stand him, hated his guts. Mm-hmm. And Joe Biden seems to be following suit. With Obama, you know, the, the whole thing with Israel and BB and the money and the Iranians. So do you agree that Obama clearly has his hands in a lot of these decisions by Biden today? I, I don't know. It's, it's sort of a tense relationship. And I think there's a difference. Obama, I think, in his core, uh, had contempt for Israel, as you say, because Obama really had absorbed this kind of post-colonial mindset on the left where Israel is this colonial outpost of a Western civilization that is evil to its core. I think Joe Biden is much more conventional. This is what a conventional Democrat does, say, oh, we're, we're with Israel. And then as soon as the bombing starts, uh, maybe you shouldn't do so much bombing. Uh, and, and just worried about the, the crazy left abandoning him because they're so upset that he's said some supportive things. Um, so I think the thing that would have to happen, I, I think Biden would have to make the judgment, I'm not up for this. He's not going to do that. Or, and this obviously isn't going to happen either, some serious Democrat would have to run against him. Um, otherwise, you know, getting him out of there, it, it's it's fantasy scenarios. You know, is he going to do it sometime next summer and then the, then the convention is going to decide on a candidate? I don't think they'll ever do that. So I think they'll, they're stuck with him. And the thing is, they think time is on their side because they can work Trump over. But time is not on Biden's side in terms of the actuarial tables. He's not going to look any more vigorous a year from now, and perhaps considerably less so. He might be having to hold on to people's arms just to, to steady himself and stay upright at events. You know, how's that going to play? Not well. So it easily yeah. could get worse for them rather than better. No, I thought of you yesterday. I was standing by the railing as uh, Danielle was finishing up another marathon, and the person standing right next to me happens to be big-time actors, Sopranos, Blue Bloods, my dear friend Steve Sharippa. He's wearing a Yankee shirt. And uh, Anthony Rizzo, his wife, ran the marathon. And Aaron yeah. Judge yeah, was yeah. actually there. I saw him. He showed up just to lend support to well, Anthony Rizzo. Ran it too. Who did? I think Aaron Judge's wife ran it, too. Oh, she did, too? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Now I like it, the Yankees congratulations again. Congratulations to Danielle. My, my wife ran it, uh, I think, twice. Oh, she did? What, what an accomplishment. Yeah, so I'm not a runner. So, um, 
she would we'd go to Central Park and you know she'd run around the park four times and I'd sit on a rock reading a book. That would be my <laughs> contribution to her training. I did the same thing, I'm sure, many times, but it is an unbelievable thing to witness. And I said it this morning, I'll say it again. I know the U.S. Open is a great New York event, but that's more than mm-hmm. one day. We've got great events in New York, but for a one-day event, I don't yep. believe anything comes close to the spirit New Yorkers show. Yep. On, I mean, Danielle was running and through some of the boroughs. She saw some pro-Palestinian signs. I saw nothing. I saw nothing at that finish line, which is pretty unbelievable in this day and age. But I really believe... So, so were you at the finish line the whole time, or did you try no, to I, no, at a couple of junctures? I went back and forth a little bit, but um, I, I really believe that in terms of spirit, that's the greatest day for New York. Yeah, you agree? Great, great kind of open-air open festival. Yeah, you're right. It's like an open-air festival. You're right. That's a perfect way to describe it. Well, you're awesome. I love you. Another right. great appearance. Thank you very Thanks, much. Good. Have a great week. You too. That is uh, the editor of the National Review. He really is great. You know, he's on TV a lot, too. I see him quite a bit, Rich Lowry, Fox News, and other channels as well. You, you like Rich. I, I love Rich. He's just a great person and extremely smart. Really, really smart. He's really right? smart. <laughs> he really Such is. Way. He's a fun, nice guy. But he's not a nerdy smart. He loves no. sports. and yeah. He went to Virginia and he watched the football team. He's a big Yankee fan. Yep, he's big. That's what. That's why uh, I can't get on him because he's going to suffer enough for the next couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> he, he may, but the Yankees did a good job at that marathon yesterday. And you know, you get a full day of this uh, coming up after uh, Savetsky's in studio. I got to think about a hundred cops. I read the list at the top of the six o'clock hour. I'm going to do it again. At about 8.30, right before the great one, Mark Levin stops by. There's like 100 cops led by Tom Biggers. I need to thank coming up at about 8.30. But we'll get the news from Noam. And when we come back live in studio, the big time, maybe the biggest plastic surgeon in New York and around the country who just did a mitzvah for a young Jewish boy who got beat up in the Lower East Side for just being Jewish. Dr. Ira Savetsky live in studio is coming up next. And informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. We got a message uh, this morning from uh, Florida. Thank you. I was uh, complimenting Mr. Levy on his performance at the Freedom. Um, what did they call that again? This What was that called in uh, Kissimmee this uh, Saturday? The Florida Freedom Summit. That's right. He was there. And he said, I want to know if you're going to be in Miami November the 15th. I'm hosting a huge event for the Natal Foundation. They treat people impacted from PTSD from terror attacks. And 100% of the proceeds go to those impacted from the October 7th massacre. And I'd love for you to be our speaker. 
It's a huge honor. But I love the way it starts. Are you going to be in Miami November the 15th? Like, <laughs> I live in New York. I do a, the number one rated show in New York every day from New York City. What would I be doing? Now, uh, the I'll next be- question I need to ask is, I will be in Miami if you send me to Miami and put me up at the, one of my favorite hotels on Collins Avenue, then we can talk. But so I don't have a house in Boca yeah. anymore, you know. I was just going to scroll through uh, down on, you know. <laughs> yeah. okay, oh. Will I be in Miami? So I told you guys last week my daughter Ava sent me a message about a buddy of hers named Rafi. And he was uh, down by the Lower East Side. He was hanging out. And uh, some guy walked up to him and just asked him flat out. He said, um, hey, are you Jewish? And the kid thought nothing about it. He was busy, you know. He said, yeah. And at that point, the guy just pummeled him, punched him across the face, bloodied his nose. He thought he broke his nose. And uh, the kid's a mess. So my daughter Ava sent me a picture. And she said, Daddy, would you help this kid out? I said, sure. She said he started a GoFundMe page. So I put his picture on the GoFundMe page information on my Instagram, which I compel you guys to follow every morning, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, on my Facebook page, Sid Rosenberg. And thousands of you uh, replied, which is very heartwarming, very, including a couple of doctors. But one guy, uh, I recognize the name Savetsky because, of course, I'm familiar with the Housewives series. Nothing to brag about, trust me. They were just in Vegas this weekend at BravoCon. Um, his wife, Liz, actually at one point was a New York housewife or tried out. I'm going to get the real information. But I remember there was an anti-Semitic issue there. And I never forgot that about Liz Savetsky. And the doctor's name, Ira Savetsky, says, hey, tell this kid to come to me, and I'll check him out and take care of him free of charge. And Ira Savetsky is a man of his word. Because I got a message on Friday that that's exactly what he did. And then Dr. Ira put up a nice video on his page talking to Rafi about the events. As it turned out, the nose wasn't broken, thank God, and it wasn't uh, nearly as costly. But it didn't matter because Dr. Savetsky was doing it for free anyway. So I invited him into the studio this morning because I thought it was just a beautiful gesture. By the way, he's a very handsome guy, like really handsome and he's got uh, one of the top plastic surgeon practices in the world, so he's loaded. And he's got three beautiful kids and a beautiful wife. He's got the world by the balls. So here he is, my new friend, Dr. Iris Savetsky. Good morning, Doc. Good morning, sir. Thank you for having me. You're smiling. All those things are true. You, I mean, you're, you got it made, man. You're, and thank God you're a wonderful person. You got it made. You know, uh, I wake up every morning. I thank God for, for what he's given me. And, um, you know, I definitely feel like I have a blessed life. You do, um, and you deserve it. So tell me about you, where you came from. Uh, and again, now you're a very successful plastic surgeon. You told me you spent uh, three years in Texas during COVID, came back with Liz uh, about two years ago. But uh, what was your childhood like? Where did you grow up? And clearly you grew up in a pretty Jewish household. Yeah, I grew up in a very uh, traditional uh, Orthodox uh, upbringing out of Long Island. I went to Jewish day school. Um, like sort of wax and wanes in my observance over the years. But um, as I got older, I really uh, became more engrossed in it. And Was that because of your wife, Lizzie, or because of you? No, no, no. just the opposite. Actually, um, when I met her, she was at NYU, and she wasn't very observant at all. Wow. And she became on her own very much into it. We both spent a lot of time in Israel. Um and actually, I know you were talking about October 7th. We were actually there when it happened. You were in Israel? We were in Israel. How yeah. far from the... We, uh... were, we were in Jerusalem. 
Wow. And we were with our three children, and we were in and out of the bomb shelter all oh day God. on that day. And your three children are babies. They, they range from like 3 to 11. They're young kids. They're young, yeah. So yep. what were they saying when you took your kids to the bomb shelter? Were they, were they screaming, crying, mommy and daddy, what's going to happen? Or were they pretty pretty calm? They were pretty calm, actually, because we were calm. You know, we had calm energy, and uh, the hotel was very uh, responsible and calm. Were you at King David? What hotel were you? King David, exactly. Nice hotel. Look at you. Of course you were. You wanted the Hilton. <laughs> so good. So the, the kids got in the bomb shelter, and uh, you, kids you were got fine. In the bomb shelter. And, you know, we didn't really know what was happening. You know, we... How long after did you find out what actually happened? Hours. 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 And then how many days did it take you to get back home? Uh, two days. Two days. We were always booked in LL, which is how we got home, because um, they were the only airline that was flying. Wow. So when you found out exactly what had happened, you were still in Israel. Mm-hmm. We were uh, still we, in Israel. And were you more uh, Were you more nervous? I know you didn't show the kids, but were you more nervous after that? Because, uh, for example, I bring out a guy every morning. His name is Alex Trayman. And uh, Dr. Ira, he works for JNS.org. He's live in Jerusalem. And those first couple of days, I could hear the bombs. Uh, they weren't in Jerusalem or Tel Aviv, but I can hear them. Did you experience some yeah, we saw on that day, October 7th, we saw the Iron Dome shoot down a rocket. You did. Which is very unusual in Jerusalem because that's, that's not typical. We weren't in the south. Uh, we weren't in the north. We were in Jerusalem. Um, but they indiscriminately fire rockets, as you know. They don't care if they hit a mosque. That's, that's, they, don't, they don't have uh, accuracy when it comes to that. Right. Well, they hit the hospital. Yeah. Those idiots. Yeah. They blamed us, of course, but those idiots hit the hospital. They hit the hospital. They shoot from hospitals. They shoot from schools. We, we sort of know their game plan. Well, they've got their two headquarters in hospitals in Gaza as we speak. Yep. Which does um, put the Israelis in a tough spot because unlike these animals, we don't want to kill innocent people. We yep. will if we have to. Don't don't kid yourself. We will. But we don't want to. So now we've got to figure out how to get to the, the basement of these hospitals without killing the innocent people in the hospitals. So. Yep. Yep, absolutely. I mean, did you consider at some point sending Lizzie and the kids back home, putting on a uniform? I say that kind of jokingly, but not really, because look at a guy like Pat Tillman. He was an NFL player making millions, had the great life like us. And he decided after the buildings fell 9-11 to go fight. And there was a second, just one second, where I kind of thought the same thing on October 7th, October 8th. Did you consider that? Or? The first thing I did was reach out to my friends there that, work in hospitals and to see if they needed any, you know, I, I, I'm better served as a doctor than a fighter yeah, at this yeah. point in my life. Yeah. <laughs> you look more although, like a doctor. You're cute. You, you, don't, you, you can't get hit in the face. Although you can do your own face if you get hit in the face. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So, although, although don't get me wrong. I mean, there's definitely, we're all tempted to go out there and, and, you know, defend the, defend Israel. But, um, so I did reach out to people there in the hospitals and to see if they needed any, an extra hand. They didn't, but I still signed up. There's a, over 8,000 doctors from around the world have signed up. Now, where's this list? Is it, it, it's, it's from the a... Ministry of Health. No kidding. Yep. So at any point, they can still call you? Yep. So you're basically on call? <laughs> I'm on call. Terrific. I have I have four friends from the U.S. that are there right now. One of my close friends who's a pediatric surgeon just went there two days ago. So wow. we're ready. Wow, that's great. So now uh, you said that when you met Lizzie, she was at NYU. She wasn't very observant, and you were, and then you weren't. So do you guys, for example, now do you keep Shabbos and mm-hmm. you do all that stuff? Yep. You got sets of dishes. Yep. Really? Good for you. Yeah. You go to shul. Uh, yep. We, no we, kidding. We take it very serious. You know, it's, it's you know, and now more than ever, right? When when the Jews are being attacked, we often 
um, our faith gets stronger. You know, oh, for you- me it has. Yeah, I keep telling people Hamas brought out the Jew and me. We joined the temple because I was, you know, I, my dad was Orthodox, my mom was, you know, not, and I was bar mitzvah in the Reform Temple, and I go to shul on Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and I keep the first couple of days of Pesach. But I'm pretty lenient Jew, and my wife Danielle joined the temple, and we've gone to Shabbat dinner, and then we're, oh, we're going to go to challah making on Saturday. So that's what they've uh, that's what they've done for us. But you got to be careful because. You're in a profession, and, you know, I'm friends with Mark Carroll, like, too, where you guys deal with these celebrities, all these celebrity women for the most part. They're on TV. They're everywhere. A lot of them don't even like Jews between you and I, but uh, they never say it. But you have to be careful. You could lose some of your clientele because you're pro-Israeli. You do realize that. Yeah, and I have a lot of colleagues who have been quiet. And... Because of that. Yes. And they're Jewish. Yes. Oh, yes. Cowards. Yep. <laughs> they're pussies. I'm glad you're not like that. No, you know, I don't want a patient who doesn't align with my values because in general, it's a relationship. And if you're don't align and it's not going to be a good outcome, it, it, no matter how good my surgery is. Yeah. It, it may not, it's just not going to work. Would so. you like, um, if you found that out before, would you like put their nose on the wrong place on their face or For, first, uh, first thing is do no harm. <laughs> You thought about it, I'm sure. I used to watch. What was the name of that show? It was such a good show for years. It was um, it was on cable TV. The the good looking guys too. The I think they were brothers and they were plastic surgeons. You remember it? It was it was really popular. It was the, a good show yes. in the nineties. Remember yes. it was, a, and they would do crazy stuff like oh, that. Um, um, in South Beach. I think it was in yes. South Beach. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, exactly um, right. Yes, I'm totally that was the game. show. So um, we'll we'll get that from Lewis. But uh, so you um, you went on my Instagram page. Now, had you fought, did you know about the show? Did you know me? You can be honest. Not I, really. I, I knew of you. Right. Um, but what happened was is that people were sending me your post, multiple people. And people, I think, even tagged me in it. And I, I saw it. And it, it was instinctively, I said, come on over. I mean, come on. Like you said, Hamas has um, put us in a position where it's made us band together and anything we could do to help each other out at this time, we're going to do. The name of the show was uh, Nip Talk. So, yes. Yeah, so, okay. So people reached out to you. And I can tell you uh, you're popular because a lot of likes on my page, when your name popped up, a lot of folks that clearly knew you that said, Dr. Irie, you're the best. Blah, blah, blah. It was very personal. So I knew that was the case. So you actually met with Rafi. You realigned his nose. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm pretty sure you said on that video, you took it a step further that if you're a Jewish person and you get beat up in the streets of New York or, God forbid, you got uh, you know injured October 7th, anything that relates to Jews getting hurt, I think you said on the page you would do it for free? Yep, absolutely, without a question. You know, And it's interesting because I had so many people reach out to me. I have an anesthesiologist who's a good friend who said any surgery that you want to do, he'll do it for free. I have a dermatologist wow. who reached out to me. Any services that she could do she'll do for free Come i have on. a cosmetic dentist who reached out to me they said anything you need that needs to be done in the situation i'll do for free so it's you know these acts of kindness or banning it's it's contagious and people want to do whatever they can people feel helpless now and people really want to contribute any way they can to the jewish people john katz who owns this station you know who john is he's a terrific guy sure he goes dentists drill deeper that's how they get you back he's right about that so you've got a, a whole group of folks now led by you that will do any of these surgeries 
for free. Yep. And I, I, I got to tell you, and I said it for the last couple of weeks, if Hamas's vision was to break us, right, to break us, it has gone completely the other way. Now, I was here for 9-11. I'm sure you were too, Dr. Ira. And we had about two weeks. It was very nice. It didn't take long for New Yorkers to get back to calling cops nasty names. And this is different. Jewish people are different. We're used to this for thousands of years. Israel, too. It ain't going to be a month. It ain't going to be two months. It's going to be forever. So if anything, right, Hamas, it completely backfired. They made us stronger. Absolutely. And you could see Israel, the unity that's going on between the left and the right, you know, nothing gets us together than than this common enemy that wants to destroy us. There's you. no question. God, I love you. I think I love you. I do. So if you're a woman and you're Jewish, you got a free boob job? We're not getting that far yet, folks. He starts to make a couple of dollars. You know, he's got an apartment. He's got three kids. What do you do exactly? What uh, your surgeries? You include everything, right? I do everything. I do uh, face, nose, breast, body. My specialty is face and nose, and that's why I went down to Dallas to train uh, further my training. I did my plastic surgery training at NYU, so I'm a local guy. Um, But it's interesting that you said that because prior to Rafi, there was an initiative that I was part of, is where we were doing plastic surgery services, and we're still doing it. Uh, Botox and um, different services doing the office, including surgery. And we're donating a large portion of the proceeds to Magin Devada Dome, to charities in Israel. Wow. So, so you, you are, I mean, all kidding aside, Dr. Ira, you really are. There's a, um, in Yiddish, I know you know what this is, a Gitanashima, which is a good soul. You don't need to do any of this. You're doing all of this. As far as I know, you've kind of taken the lead. Abe Hammer says hello, by the way. Uh, you've kind of taken the lead here. So, I mean, I'm really proud of you. Thank uh, you. I just met you, but uh, I love you. And, and I hope that we uh, we forge a very nice friendship because Jewish people, we need people like you. We really do. So thank you for helping Rafi. But more importantly, by doing that, thank you for helping all of us. Thank you. All of us. Thank you for doing what you're doing, spreading the message. And, um, you know, we're in it together. We are in this together. You're right. Folks who want to contact you, how do they do that, Dr. Ira? Um, they could follow me on Instagram, Dr. Ira Savetsky. Uh, that's probably the easiest. You could. I have a website. Uh, I got a phone number, but you can find everything there. So on the way out, lastly, uh, I mentioned this earlier. What did happen with Liz? And she said there was anti-Semitic remarks or something. What was that all about, your wife? She was. She always got a lot of hate online. And uh, because she's a big Jewish ad- activist and she always defended Israel. And she, uh, when she joined the show, it just went to another level. Who was on the show at that time? It's It was the reboot. Now, the one that just got The one rebooted. that just came out. So Ebony and those people were gone. They were Ramona, gone. the old ones were gone. They were gone. These are the new folks. The new folks. She was okay. the first one casted. She was the first one. And they would make jokes, Jewish jokes and all that and give her a hard time? Well, she got a, a ton of hate from the outside. Like. Uh, but there was incidents on the inside that was not, you know, it was not worth it moving forward. Good for her. And, you know, thank God she exited early. And she's right now working on overdrive like you, defending the Jewish people in Israel. And I think that if she had been on the show still, I think her hands would be tied. Totally agree. No, I'm glad she did what she did. Showed a lot of courage. And uh, she's invited here anytime to both of you guys. Anytime any Savetsky wants to come in, the door is wide open. So once again, on behalf of my daughter and uh, every Jew everywhere, thank you so much. You're a great man. And I'll see you again very, very soon. Thanks so much for having me, Sid. That's Dr. Ira Savetsky. And, uh, man, if you don't love him, 
you have no soul. If you don't love Dr. Ira Savetsky, you've got no soul. Lots more to come, including Mark Levin, George Santos. Yes, that guy. He'll be here. And Nicole Maliotakis on tomorrow's big New York City Council races. More on a Monday right after this. In the morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. I have a serious question. If you're Jewish, why are you still a member of the Democrat Party? If you're black, why are you still a member of the Democrat Party? If you're Asian, why are you still a member of the Democrat Party? If you're Hispanic, why are you still a member of the Democrat Party? If you're part of the so-called white working class, why are you still a member of the Democrat Party? And why am I asking this? Well, not just because of this, the Democrat Party hates America, but think about what the Democrat Party is, was, and has become. Let's take this issue of Israel and what's going on in the United States today. What exactly has the Biden administration done to address the Hamas funding network in the United States that supports this group CARE and Students for Justice in Palestine? Just two obvious examples. CARE and members of CARE visited the White House under Obama dozens of times. So did the Muslim Brotherhood. CARE and members of CARE are attached to the Democrat Party, even though it's a Hamas front group, and it's been proven to be, based on litigation and FBI wiretaps in the 1990s. A couple months ago, actually, I think it was a month ago, there was a meeting at the Department of Homeland Security on how to combat hate and anti-Semitism. There were three Islamic groups that were invited, including CARE. The FBI under Democrat administrations has used CARE as outreach. CARE is a part of the Democrat Party coalition. Therefore, the Hamas network is part of the Democrat Party coalition. And you see it on our streets. You see it in our universities. You see it among Democrats in Congress. You see it among media members who are also mostly Democrats. These people who are riding in the streets and violently attacking people and carrying signs, talking about exterminating Jews and uh, on and on and on and getting rid of Israel. They're not voting Republican. They voted all the vote Democrat. That's the genius that is Mark Levin. Levin's going to join me coming up next. I do want to send a shout-out to Friday night. Me, Danielle, and Gabe made our way to 
the Mill Basin Deli, which is my favorite deli. Steve Sharippa's favorite deli, too. And Paul and Frankie did a terrific job there. And I had uh, very lean corned beef, and I had uh, potato latkes and a bowl of Kreplock soup. I was so happy. Mill Basin Deli. But yesterday, of course, Danielle ran the New York Marathon, completed it. Her sixth New York City Marathon, her 40th overall. She's in the city right now getting her medal engraved. And it's just an overwhelming experience. New York at its very best. And for these runners, man, I know how hard my wife trains. And I love seeing these folks, some of them, a lot of them doing their very first ever marathon. It means a lot. It's a lot of hard work, a lot of hard work. And we had the, really the fortunate opportunity to uh, do it in VIP style, thanks to Tom Diggers. He happens to be the man that heads the NYPD running club. He's become a very good friend of Danielle and mine, and he's a terrific guy. And he, uh, we got treated very nicely from John Jay College out to Staten Island uh, to the city, hanging out in the Blue Line Lounge during the race while Danielle was running. And uh, so a lot of cops there yesterday. Now, the cops did win. They take their elite runners, run them against the FDNY elite runners. It's called the Mayor's Cup, and the Mayor, Eric Adams, did kick off the race on Staten Island. I was there for that, but... The cops uh, have not won a lot lately. They did win yesterday. Congratulations to Bigger's crew and the cops on getting the win. So at one point, they had both of the commissioners. And you can see the picture. It's me with NYPD Commissioner Eddie Caban and FDNY Commissioner Laura Cavanaugh. It's on my Instagram page right now. You should follow me anyway, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, me and the two commissioners. And uh, Laura handed Eddie the... The mayor's cop, because the cops did win yesterday, and they were terrific. Chief Jeff Madry, he was there, too. A whole bunch of folks that I do want to shout out today. Again, Tom Biggers, Michael Chan, Mike Rice, Willie Cintron, Brian McGuire, Deputy Chief Jerry Dowling, counterterrorism Patricia McDonald. She's in our neighborhood, Lewis, and was just promoted last Tuesday. Casey Fuchs, NYPD. She runs a Silver Shield. Her dad started that with George Steinbrenner many, many years ago. My friend Ramel Chin, I love her. Max Tolentino, Tommy LaFell, Frank Sorensen, Lieutenant Adam Alusi, and his dad Lenny. Lenny loves the show. John Diadamo, Alberto Alaseo, Rob Condrio, Chris Kelly, Phils Ferraza, Miguel Amarinsano, of course, the volunteers as well, Michelle Irizarry, Patricia O'Brien, and Tommy Cole. Steve Sharippa was there from Sopranos and Blue Bloods. He's great. His wife, Laura, also completed the race. I saw Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo and Robin Roberts. And I did see uh, T.J. Holmes and Amy Roback as well. Uh, I mentioned Eddie Caban, Laura Cavanaugh, Chef Chief Madry. And, of course, I want to thank John Katsimatidis and Joe Parisi. Those guys were really generous. I mean really generous with the post-marathon buffet, which they provided to all the runners. And those runners are hungry, thirsty, tired. And to be able to go back to John Jay and have the amount of food that Christides, John Katsimatidis, and Joe Parisi gave from their hearts, from their hearts, was really beautiful. So thank you, John Katsimatidis, Joe Parisi, and all of Christides. And once again, before I get to Mark Levin, I want to congratulate every one of those runners, not just the Ethiopian man and the, the young lady who won. She's had a big year, that lady. Oh, maybe she's won New York and Boston this year. But every one of you runners who did that yesterday, whether it took you three hours, five hours, or eight, I don't care. Congratulations. That is an unbelievable feat, a great accomplishment, and you should all be very, very proud of yourselves. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. As president, 
I will be creating a truth and reconciliation commission to shed sunlight on every dark and rotten corner of Washington, D.C., starting with Biden. President Donald Trump once again speaking at the Florida Freedom Summit on Saturday in Kissimmee. This is a horrible place, mind you. It's all going by Orlando. Terrible. He's going to create a Truth and Reconciliation Commission to expose crookedness and take down Joe Biden. you got to love that. Hey, by the way, do we find out if Daniel Jones is out for the year yet for the Giants officially? Oh, uh, I don't believe we Not yet? yet? Okay. Because no, he is. He's out for the year. So. Okay. Yeah. They're down to the third-string quarterback. They got that kid. Um, he used to be on Buffalo when he played at USC. I forgot his name now. He's fine. But uh, he may play instead of DeVito. Uh, look that kid up. He played for the Bills. Matt Barkley. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he's on the Giants, too. So. <laughs> We're the worst wow. team ever. We are the worst team ever. Matt Barkley. We play football. <laughs> we kind of play football like Joe Biden governs. No, actually, Biden's worse. Yeah. My next guest is uh, the great one for a reason. He is great. He's the best. Bottom line, he's the best. Six o'clock weeknights right here on WABC. Hundreds of stations across the country and two nights of great television on Fox News. Proud to call him a friend, a brilliant man, Mark Levin. Mark, good Monday morning, buddy. How are you? My brother, I'm doing great. I, I, it's got to be painful watching the Giants. <laughs> being perfectly honest with you, you know, I'm from Philadelphia. Oh, boy. And I'm thinking, I don't even know the name of the Giants quarterback. Isn't that weird? <laughs> no, it's not weird. It's down to the third string. His name is Tommy DeVito. No one knows that. Not even the coach. Uh, the Eagles, at 8-1, and one, they beat the Cowboys yesterday, have the best record in the Barely. National Football League. So you're doing pretty good. Uh, Trump's yeah, doing pretty good, too. To be too. honest with you, huh? they, uh, yeah. I don't know how they're 8-1, and one, to be honest with you. I mean, it's like uh, they're not playing great. They're playing good enough, I suppose. You're right. Jalen Hurts has not been great, Mark. Uh, t- so you could discuss, discuss anything. Uh, to your point, he has not been great. He has not been great. But it looks no. to me like the competition may be a bit diluted in the NFC. So, right. yeah, so they're 8-1. Uh, so I played a cut from Trump on the way in at the Florida Summit, the Freedom Summit. And that's the first time that he's been in the same building, Mark, with Ron DeSantis since yeah. this whole election cycle has run. How do you think that went? <laughs> well, I know how it went. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't very pleasant. But, you know, I'm here in Florida. You're from Florida. Spent a lot of time here. Yep. It is a fantastic state. He is a tremendous governor. He absolutely is. People don't have to worry when they send their kids to school and so forth. And yet Trump was a tremendous president, and we only wish he were still in there. So much of this wouldn't be going on anymore. And so um, I don't like the attacks, but on the other hand, I understand why Trump gets upset. I understand why DeSantis gets upset, but I'm friends with both of these guys, and I'm glad he's the governor of Florida, and I want Trump 
should he win to clean out everything. And he will. He will. I think uh, he's on such a tear now, what they've tried to do to him, what they've tried to do to his family. He's not going to be in any way pressured by Washington, by the ruling class, by the media. And I despise the media who's attacking me now for defending Israel. And uh, we have we have a good bench. We really do. We have some morons on the bench like Chris Christie and so forth. But right. Overall, we have a pretty good bench compared to the Democrats, I think. But look, how are you going to catch Trump? He's 50 points ahead. Can't catch him. That's the answer. No. You can't catch him. You know, it's interesting. You, you mentioned how the, the media is after you. And I did see a couple of stories. Now the guy I'm a big fan of, Wolf Blitzer and um, and Tapper, two of those guys at CNN who came after you pretty hard. And, of course, I love you and you're my guy and I can't stand those folks. And, and those two guys are Jewish. There's a lawyer who uh, is in New York, Mark. He used to work with Curtis Sliwa. His name is Ron Kuby. And he, yeah. he's Jewish, but he hates the Jews more than even, um, you know, the, the, the non-Jewish Jew haters. He's... Right. He's the worst. And I find that when Jewish people don't side with Israel 100%, I find them to be more dislikable and dangerous than maybe even Hamas. And those two guys at CNN are part of the problem. Look, uh, I'm going to call out whoever I want to, just like you do. And it's particularly upsetting. A lot of non-Jews don't understand that guys like Sid and me, conservatives who support the United States and love the United States, also support and love Israel, particularly under these circumstances, what's going on. We have no stomach for these people, none whatsoever. And they hate our guts. They hate conservatives. So George Soros, who is a unconscionable, uh, disreputable POS, he's behind this group called Media Matters. And Media Matters is led by a guy who's an anti-Semite, homophobic and all the rest, but he gets a pass. And so he does a lot of research for these entities. And so they're taping my show. And, you know, we talk a lot, Sid, and, and so forth. And they say, did he say were or weren't? <laughs> were were uh, Wolf Blitzer's parents were or weren't in the uh, in the Holocaust? And you read the whole sentence in the whole context. Obviously, they were. Why would I lie about that? Why do I? It's irrelevant. My point was, you'd think he'd have more compassion as a child of the Holocaust. You'd think he'd have more compassion. But he doesn't, the way that he reports on Israel and so forth. And Jake Tapper is the same thing, to compare Israel fighting Hamas in the Gaza Strip to the Russians, to the Russians. It's like, are you out of your mind? And so the question is, are they more Democrat and more leftist, or are they going to be journalists and all? And so I'm not going to stand back. And allow them to get away with this, whatever their backgrounds are, and so forth and so on. And they can come at me, CNN, Washington Post, the White House. Ask me if I care. I fight back. <laughs> I kick I, them back, and I, I'll continue to do it, and I'll continue to expose them. But I don't care about them. They're, they are a huge problem in this country. Oh, I agree. I think the media is uh, basically at this point domestic terrorists. They are domestic terrorists. And I'll tell you, you started your show, not yesterday or Saturday, but the week before. And you asked this question. I thought it was brilliant. I played it already this morning. You said, if you are a Jew, why would you vote Democrat? If you're an Asian, why would you vote Democrat? If you're a Hispanic, why would you vote Democrat? If you're a member of the white, uh, you know, uh, middle class working hard. And you asked all these pertinent questions. And, of course, there's no answer. And then you asked, what has Biden done for you? 
you know, you're not that far removed from sending me a text from something that uh, Tom Cotton had said, how Biden was threatening the Israelis about the whole oil situation right after he asked Israeli to pause and right after he asked Israel to kind of stand pat. So he's done three things now, which clearly show that he is not really pro-Israeli. But you ask those questions, Mark, and I don't have an answer. Why would those people vote for Democrats? I don't know. And uh, I think part of it is the media and uh, the propaganda. I'll give you an example. CNN is probably the worst, MSNBC, the two of them. They never provide context for anything. Uh, And so you'll never get a true historical, even recent historical account from these entities. They call the West Bank the West Bank. Since 1948, it was the West Bank. Since 4,000 years ago, it was Judea and Samaria. (laughs) They just regurgitate the worst elements of the Democrat Party. Uh, do they come out and call Talib an anti-Semite or Omar an anti-Semite nope. or uh, Presley an anti-Semite? These are anti-Semites. These are Jew haters. These are Democrats. They never do that. You have anti-Semites and Jew haters at the highest levels of the uh, Biden administration, and they'll point to Blinken and so forth, and they'll point to Mali and others. Now some of them are even resigning and exposing themselves. Uh, the Democrat Party is the only party, not the Republican Party, that has a, a about 10% of its members in the House who wouldn't even vote for a resolution condemning Hamas. Now, can you imagine a, a resolution in front of the Republicans condemning the Klan? You, you wouldn't have any of them voting no. And so the Democrat Party has this problem. You see the anti-Semites in the street that are supported by ANSWER, the Hamas network, Soros groups, uh, and so forth, and they don't give the background and the context that they're bussing them all in over the weekend in Washington, D.C. And look look at the crowds. Look at the crowds. And what are they saying? Are they saying a, quote-unquote, two-state solution, which is preposterous? We had a two-state solution. That's what Gaza was. And you see what happened. But they don't even say that. They want to destroy Israel. And so they don't go to the funding sources. They don't go to any. These are news organizations. And all they do is is spit out their opinions and spit out the propaganda from the White House and spit out the propaganda from groups like CARE, which is another Hamas front group. And you know what, Sid? People say, why didn't people speak out in the 1930s and 40s? Well, you and I are going to speak out. Nobody's going to tell us we can't. Oh, no. I actually, uh, days hope they would. I I actually am hoping, Mark, that I, on the way home one day, happen to pass by one of these pro-Palestinian protests because... I'm a Brooklyn tough guy. I'd love to fight. I'd love it. But they don't, they don't, they don't start with guys like me, but they're basically cowards. But I do want to get to, um, Biden for a second here on, on the way out. You talk about the administration. Is it fair to say, look, I know Obama hated the Jews. He didn't even try to hide it. He did not even try to hide it. Farrakhan buddy, Reverend Wright buddy, sending the Palestinians a pallets of cash. In fact, the last thing I think he did as president was send a pallet of cash to the Palestinians. Biden tries to hide it a little bit. He tries to. But I think it's fair to say, when you see how he's reacted the last couple of weeks since that first initial, what I thought was a pretty wussy speech, I think it's fair to say he's been exposed as who he really is, which is someone that just doesn't care about Israel or Israeli lives. Is it fair to say that after what he's said and done the last couple of weeks? In my view, yes. Because if you look at the southern border in the United States, he doesn't care about American lives either. He's got 100,000 people a year dying from fentanyl. You've got uh, drug cartels that now have positions in every major city and every state in the country. Uh, you have horrendous inhumanity taking place on the border, rape, sex, slavery, uh, 
and all the rest of it. And what does he do? He does literally nothing to stop it. So if he doesn't care about 100,000 Americans every year, he sure as hell isn't going to care about the Israeli lives. And I, I find it ironic that he keeps talking about the Palestinians and the Palestinians and the Palestinians when uh, the Palestinians are the ones killing each other. And that's this thing about Islamophobia. We don't have Islamophobia as some kind of systemic problem in this country. They have it in the Middle East where Muslims are slaughtering Muslims and Arabs are slaughtering Muslims uh, and Arabs are slaughtering Arabs. There's your Islamophobia. Yeah. Yeah. They don't point that out either. No, it's not here. You never heard one. I mean, there was a little boy, I guess, that got killed in Michigan. and Which is horrible. Right. One one little boy, God rest his soul, that was horrible. But you're going to compare that to the thousands of uh, little babies thrown in ovens while alive, raping daughters in front of their parents, beheading children. Are you nuts? I mean, this is what they're going to compare it to. There's no Islamophobia taking place here. There's none of that. I mean, actually, if you think about it, for the president to say that, and the governor of New York has said the same thing, that is another shot at the Jews, is it not? Yes. It's an attempt to water down what's going on. Look, the Democrat Party now, Democrat Party is nothing more than an amalgam of interest groups and communities and so forth. It has no soul. It really has no principles. And so the problem is it has these groups that are at each other's throats as under its umbrella. You'll have, for instance, uh, union guys who are working on pipelines and oil and steel and in and, and, and coal mines, and yet they back a climate change, which destroys all those jobs. And yet they're all under their umbrella. You'll have a group like CARE, which is a Hamas front group, and then a group of uh, liberal Jews who are all voting for Biden and Democrats who are absolute cross-purposes. And what's starting to happen is this fabric is starting to unravel as as uh, as this war in Israel has exposed at least this this problem that they have. So do you believe, because the New York Times has become mostly fiction, as you know, Mark, I mean, you just can't trust anything in that paper. And they've been an anti-Semitic paper dating back to World War II when they very rarely talk about Jewish atrocities back then, very rarely. Uh, but they did come out this weekend and say that in five of the major swing states – Donald Trump is beating Joe Biden and relatively easily. If that's the case, he's already won the primary. That's over. If that's the case, it looks like he really is. I know he's in, he's in court today. He's testifying. He's looking at a little bit of jail time. It really is looking at, uh, at a Trump win, yes? It's early, but I sure as hell hope so. You know, they're trying to get him convicted. So every time they – any charge anywhere – so anytime he runs, they can say convicted felon Donald Trump, you know, particularly in the Washington case. This man is the most one of the most remarkable men I've ever seen. His strength. He stands up to these people. Most people would be broken by now. I talk to him from time to time. He calls me. He's always upbeat. He says what he believes. He stirs up Washington. He stirs up the ruling class, including the Republican establishment. They hate him because they hate us. That's the truth. They want to control us, and he does not tolerate that. And the lesson in Donald Trump, all the stuff aside, is he's his own man. He really loves America. You can't say that about a lot of Democrats. He really loves this country. And I've noticed he's become more and more conservative as time has gone on. And not because he's an ideologue, because he has common sense. He sees what's going on. And we were at peace. We had peace breaking out in the Middle East. Now look at it. Look, at it. it's, it's on fire. Look at Russia and Ukraine. Look at China's going to invade Taiwan. Look at our southern border. Look at our economy. Everything's gone to hell because they wanted to destroy what Donald Trump created, because Donald Trump was a great president.
That's the facts. So on the way out, I read something this morning. Uh, this is the great Mark Levin. He's the best. Six o'clock weeknights here on WABC all over the country. Two shows on Fox News, which are great, mind you. I never miss them. Uh, the Democrats, you. uh, you're welcome. The Democrats in today's New York Daily News are admitting they're scared to death after this latest New York Times poll. But I asked somebody this earlier in the program, what are they going to do? I mean, if I hear the name Michelle Obama one more time, I'm going to puke. But the truth is, no, but the truth is, Mark, if she runs, that will keep me up at night. That will keep me up. I'm worried about that one. Outside of that, whether it's Gavin Newsom or any one of these folks, they don't have a chance. So what could they possibly do, the Democrats, if they've lost all faith in Joe Biden? What could they do before 2024? Let me tell you about Michelle Obama. The more she talks, the dumber she sounds to me. So uh, she, she, she has people write these books for her. She uh, does these little sound bites and so forth. Let her run. We shouldn't be scared of any of these people. By the way, honestly. along with the fact that she doesn't sound all that bright all the time, she's made a bunch of racist comments along the way. Right. And that's the thing. And so, and now his position, Obama's, which is basically uh, more kneecapping of Israel, as he did when he was president of the United States. And keep some in mind with Biden, by the way, your earlier question. Almost all of the senior anti-Israel types that Obama has are with Biden. Secretary of State was Biden's deputy secretary of state. This guy, Malley, who's a Marxist pro-Iranian who was negotiating with on our behalf against Iran. Biden picked him up. This guy, Sullivan, Biden picked him up from Obama. So Obama's basically running the Biden administration. And Biden... For all of his talk, remember, it was Menachem Begin who let him have it when Biden was the chairman, I think, of the Foreign Relations Committee. And Menachem Begin said, basically, I paraphrase, this Jew will not get on his nags to beg you for anything. Wow. We've defended ourselves before and we'll defend ourselves again. People forget Begin stood up to Biden, Netanyahu standing up. To, by the way, that's why they hate Netanyahu and they hate Trump, because these are two guys that know what they need to do. And they will not cave in to the – look, if you have a two-state solution, that's Israel's final solution at this point. These countries have a lot of arms. They have a lot of power. And I'd like somebody to explain to me, Sid, what would this Palestinian state actually look like? Where would it be? <laughs> are they going to have arms? Are they going to have a, Are they going to have an air force? Can they have missiles? I mean, we can't even control the Gaza Strip. We're going to control a fully sovereign state that will have all kinds of weaponry from the Chinese and the Russians and the Iranians. This is, this is crazy. This is nuts. It is crazy. It is nuts. And this is where we are. Donald Trump can't get back uh, fast enough. And I can't thank you enough. I really love you, man. I mean, again, radio, you TV. I, you, you, look, Mark, you got to keep talking. You're, you're one of our few hopes out there. I, I find myself, uh, every morning I come in and I say, Justin, what did Levin say yesterday? Just find it. I don't care if it's on radio, TV, in his house. Just epping find what Levin said because you, you, you become that important. You've always been important, but even more important now, and I love you. Thank you very much. Can I say something real quick? Sure. There's a reason you're number one in New York. You are fantastic. Oh my you God. really are fantastic, oh and I appreciate you, buddy. And God Thank bless you. everybody in New York. Coming from you, that just meant the world to me. God bless you, too. I love you, Mark Levin. Thank you. you too, Thank buddy. you. How about that on the way out for Mark Levin, huh? Somebody get me a mobile light? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start smoking again. <laughs> 6.04 tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah. Morning. You know we're here. Next you make sure you get that right now, Justin. Mark knows. Levin. God, he knows.
Not only that, it's going to be a T-shirt. I wore my Kelly Ripper. There's a reason why you're number one T-shirt to the gym on Friday. I want Mark's picture of his face <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the corner, like at the breasts area. That was very nice. He is uh, he's a great one, and uh, that was very, very sweet, Mark Levin. All right, we've got a big hour to come. I think George Santos really is calling in, which will be great. I'm dying to talk to George. George came up big, showed some heart on Friday for this kid, Robbie, too. The final hour of Sitting Friends in the Morning. About to come your way. Friends in the morning. Seventy-seven WABC. A lot of people uh, raving about this show today. It's been great. It has been. Mark Levin and Dr. Iris Savetsky. So the story about Savetsky is quickly, because it pertains here to George Santos coming up momentarily. My daughter's friend, Rafi, got beat up on the Lower East Side because he's Jewish. That's all. Just because he's Jewish, that was it. Some uh, asshole pummeled him, and I wish he would have come after me, but he won't. That's fine. So um, I put him on my Instagram page, which you can follow right now, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. Follow today with his GoFundMe uh, page. And I had, like, the thousands of people that uh, reached out, which was very nice. And one of those people on Friday was Congressman George Santos who gave uh, Ten Chai, by the way, and put a heart up and was really very, very nice. But I wasn't sure if it was really him or not, so I reached out. Actually, Johnny Tobacco, out on Staten Island, one of the Curtis Sliwa rebels, Mr. You know, Newsmax, he reached out to me and said, uh, no, that's George. I, I'm friendly with George. And he ended up giving George my number, and George texted me. And I said, uh, George, if you wouldn't mind, come on on Monday. It's been a while, and we'll talk. And he said, sure. So here he is, Congressman George Santos on Sid and Friends in the Morning. George, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sid. How are you? Uh, top of the morning here from the swamp. Uh, and as I currently say, it is still currently 435 people deep. Uh, <laughs> how are you today? <laughs> I'm good. You know, it's funny. The first time that we thought you won, and you didn't win that time around, me and Bernie had you on. And then when yeah. you did win, I'm not sure if it was me and Bernie or just me, but you know, you were a guy that kind of became a favorite of me and Bernie on this show, and we kept bringing you on when you won, or supposedly won, and you were uh, you were a um, you were a favorite of uh, of this morning show. You do remember that? I do. Look, I remember when I first met you in Eisenhower Park uh, on top of a box truck with at least what fifteen thousand people in the crowd. Uh, it was the first time I met you guys in person, and and then I remember coming on the show after the twenty twenty election. And, and and a lot has happened since, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm glad to be back. And and we can we can always talk about whatever topic you want to bring up. Uh, you know me; I won't run from tough questions. 
And uh, I'm glad I was also able to help out your daughter's friend. I hope he makes a speedy recovery. Uh, I like to make gifts in ten, in, 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 in multiples of Kai. So ten Kai in, in this case was uh, uh, the gift. And uh, I think it's it's just it's auspicious in a way for especially if we're dealing with somebody uh, who is Jewish. So uh, I'm I'm glad I could put a little bit of treasure. Uh, to help uh, your your daughter's friend. No, you, did, you did a great job, and uh, I, really, I really do appreciate it. Thank you very much. The Jewish people appreciate it. How did you come across that? I, I don't imagine, George, you spent a lot of time on my Instagram page. How did you find out about that? So I, I it was just a, mom, a momentarily pause of, like, chaos on Friday, and I sat down, and I'm waiting for to, to go on this Zoom, so I'm just scrolling through Instagram, and I saw the, the picture uh and 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 the story and then i said you know you can't it's really hard to ignore a bloody face so i said lou what's this about and then i start reading it and i'm like ah and i'm trying to click on the link i'm like i hate instagram sometimes because they don't let you put click so i had to go through the tedious task of copying the whole test text pasting and then copying the link putting on a browser but i wanted to get it done because my add self would have forgotten <laughs> if i didn't so, so i totally did it right on the spot it was great no really that was very very nice here george very 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 nice this is congressman uh george santos here on sitting friends in the morning so uh, i was making an argument a couple of weeks ago for you actually because um you know you say you'll answer any <laughs> yeah, no, and no, I was, because, and it came from John Tobacco, too. He actually started the argument, and I just kind of moved it along, and he was right. You know, the whole, uh, let's let's expel George Santos, and uh, whatever you are, uh, they're accusing you of doing, and of course, you've got a case. We'll get to that just very, very shortly. But whatever they accuse you, I said, wait a second. Uh, you have people in Congress like Rashida Tlaib. You've got people in Congress like Elon Omar, people like AOC, you have these real anti-American, anti-Jewish Jew haters, anti-Semites that have no problem, no problem with people being murdered and babies being beheaded. Say what you want about George Santos, whatever you explain. He is, he's not an evil. These are evil, evil people. So I did make the argument, George, along with Johnny, that they should look to expel those people before you. And in the end, you did not get expelled. What are your thoughts on your other uh, members of Congress who I just spoke about and how did you feel after you found out that the expulsion didn't work? So I'll go to two prong here. First of all, I agree. Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, and that whole squad and band of anti-Semites, they got to go. But the best way to make them go is on a ballot box. We can't get – the people's house cannot engage in the business of we don't like you, we don't like your politics, piss off and go ahead and, and expel them because we'll set dangerous precedent. We'll, we'll head right into a banana republic. Just as much as I hate them, unless they have broken every ethical conduct and the ethics committee has found them guilty of, of, of such conduct or the DOJ has uh, prosecuted them and went, ahead and went ahead and found them guilty, it is not the people's house business to expel and silence voters. As much as I disagree with them, I am not in that business, and I will not play that game. You want to censor them? Go ahead. Let's do it because it's reprehensible, the, spew, the, the vitriol and the rhetoric that they're spewing. But to find out I wasn't going to get expelled and to see that there were 24 Republicans who call themselves constitutionalists and, believe, and believers of that and, uh, and defenders of the Constitution who decided to trample on my rights to due process, my rights to innocence until proven guilty – is absolutely abominable and abhorrent. And, and I say this, and I say this, I don't say this lightly, 
said, I don't wish ill upon any of my colleagues as much as a lot of them wish ill on me. But the amount of misinformation out there and, and the amount of exaggerations and the amount of everything you can imagine that is factually challenged that I had to endure from my five-year-old niece who is autistic being kidnapped uh, scenario being mocked of because they're believing what the mainstream media, New York Times is posting, was just something unbecoming of Congress. But, you know, I survived. I, I live to fight another day, and I'm just going to keep doing my thing. I'm just going to keep fighting. Look, as much as you want to send me home, as much as these guys want to expel me, every time they try, I, I just seem to come out on the other side and want to fight harder for the people that sent me to D.C., and that's what I'm going to keep doing. And you have been from day one. I mean, you know, you, you never wavered. You never considered uh, stepping out. They were like, come on, George. And the truth is, as you know this, George, most of the folks, and some of these guys are my friends. I'll be very transparent. I'm friends with Anthony D'Esposito. I like the kid. Uh, but the truth is, those guys out on Long Island where you won, those are your biggest detractors. Is that disappointing? Uh, you know what, Sid? When they all wanted checks and they all wanted introduction to wealthy donors, they all came to me. Uh, it was so funny. Now it's, it's convenient for them to, to bulldoze me. Instead of focusing on the elections that they have tomorrow that are going to be tight, specifically in my district, North Hempstead Town Supervisors on the ballot. We cannot concede the North Town Hempstead Supervisor back to John Kamen. It would be a massive step back in, pro in progress that we've done all across Long Island. But instead of focusing on that and getting people over the finish line, no, they're too busy trying to hammer me. Just because, here's the deal. And and with all due respect, Sid, we can you can be friends with whoever you want, and I will never hold that against you. But the problem that we have is that we have a GOP chairman who is more focused on revenge than on progress of his own party, and that is our chairman in Nassau. And I've said this openly. He needs to move on and get to doing the job that he has to do is to elect more conservative Republicans who are going to put America first, not just this brand of conservatism that is politically convenient for patronism and uh, all this nonsense back home. So is it, by the way, is it, George, is this Joe Cairo you're talking about? A hundred percent Joe Cairo. Yeah. Um, and I do know this for what it's worth again, for your detractors, I know this for a fact, and I'm going to give you credit again here. Far as I know, every time there's a vote on what America needs or what Israel needs, George Santos always votes with America and with Israel. Fact. A hundred percent. I look, Sid, you can talk you can talk all the smack you want about me all day long. I'm human. I've made stupid mistakes. I've said stupid things. And I've admitted to that on national television, on syndicated radios, and and all over. And and it's stupid. It's stupid, stupid stuff. But one thing you can't take away from me. I am the most conservative Republican in the state of New York in Congress today. I have a one hundred percent conservative America first agenda voting record. And I will always by Israel. I will never waver. I will not stop supporting Israel until we see that the, the Hamas is wiped off the face of earth. There is no place for terror. There is no place for terror sympathy. There is no place to support the Jewish people's genocide in the Jewish people's promised land. I will fight that to tooth and nail until my last dying breath because it's what I truly believe in and I will never waver from it. This is never. A, no, I love it. Congressman George Santos. The next two questions you may not love, but that's fine. Uh, you, no, you show both. Throw, Let's go. Let's start with, uh, just so you know, the, the most viewed social media posts I've ever gotten, over 4 million, was you're on with me. 
And it was a couple oh, of years yeah. ago. Volleyball scholarship. I get it. I get it. I've seen it. I've seen it. Yes, the volleyball scholarship. It. You made me, even the guy from uh, Barstool Sports was retweeting it, where you said, yeah, the volleyball champ, Baruch, and all this stuff, and the volleyball scholarship. Was that one of the things that was silly? Was that true? What was that one? Uh, look, here's the deal. Baruch was champions the year that I was talking about. I was just not playing for them. Uh, it was stupid. Okay. Look, Sid, Sid, here's what I'll say. Um, I, I've, I've said some stupid things out of insecurity, a lot of it, uh, quite frankly, <laughs> to appease Joe Cairo, who is a big sports analogy no, no, but, but, guy. But, hold on a but, but saying stupid things, George, in all fairness, okay, saying stupid things and doing stuff that's illegal. For example, you've been charged with fraud, wire fraud, false statements, falsification of records, aggravated identity theft, credit card fraud. They said you actually stole people's identities, conspiracy. That's not saying silly stuff. That's that's oh, no, committing no, crimes. Absolutely. So, so have, have you ever considered, have you ever considered taking a plea for that stuff that's still out there? Or are you going to fight that tooth and nail to the very end? I'm going to fight that tooth and nail to the very end to defend my name and clear up my name. And I have no doubt in my mind that at the end, I will come on the other side victorious because I will be able to prove I was given a raw deal and that I did not defraud donors. I did not do any of the things I'm being accused of. Look, the reality is very simple. Um, campaigns are complicated. Campaigns are run with layers and layers of people. And the last person touching money, credit cards, checks, and, and a bank, I'm not, I wasn't even a signer at a bank account. I mean, we can go on and on, but you hire people for that. There's layers and layers of people, but I'm getting dealt a raw deal, and I'm I'm guilty of everything. Eric Adams' team just recently was discovered for creating sh- uh, a massive amount of fraud and straw donations. Guess who was indicted? Everyone but Eric Adams. But George Santos gets indicted. It's it's just it's just very interesting to watch that Eric Adams' entire finance operation just got indicted for straw donations and illicit activity, defrauding the taxpayers of New York City during his campaign for mayor. And Eric Adams is oblivious to the fact. Well, it's very frustrating because when I say I did not know of any of this, I am being indicted. Eric Adams says, oh, I didn't know. The mayor is beyond reproach, and he would never condone such a thing. No, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. It's, 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 it would be frustrating, but just because Eric Adams is not getting indicted, George, you know I like you, by the way, just because he's not getting indicted doesn't mean that you're innocent. I mean, the one thing has nothing oh, to do I'm with the saying, other. I'm not saying that. I'm going to defend my innocence. Look, it's, it's the DOJ's burden, and it's the government's burden to go and prove that you are guilty. And, you know, they have their work cut out for them, and I have my work cut out for me defending myself and proving that they're wrong. And and I, I hold steadfast that I will be able to be successful at the end of this. When is, uh, when is the court date? When is the next time you're going to be in court? Uh, trial starts uh, September 9 next year. Uh, we have a status conference coming up uh, December 11. And the, the, uh, are there, is there anybody in that, in that group, that caucus, those guys that are in and around you that, uh, that actually are, are siding with you, that are saying, hey, George, is innocent of this? Because I, I don't hear a lot of that. Is, and that's got to be frustrating as well. It kind of seems like you're fighting this on your own. Is there anybody out there that says, hey, George is getting a raw deal? Any of your, your buddies in politics? I'll say this. Look, uh, plenty of folks reached out after I went on the floor and defended myself from from Anthony Gisazito, Nick Lalota, and Mike Lawler, I got text messages from colleagues in the conference telling me, why didn't you tell me to come speak? I would have spoken on your behalf. And my answer to everybody is simple. This is my fight. 
You do not need to be dragged into this. This is a media frenzy nightmare. You will get a raw deal from just even coming in, in within proximity. And and that's how I fight. I fight my own battles, Sid. Look, as bad as they are, as good as they are, I'll fight my own battles. And I do have support. I do have members who constantly say, dude, you're getting a raw deal. I, I've, I've heard that so many times. I couldn't give you a number of how many members have said it to me. But I have great working relationships in Washington, D.C. with my colleagues. And you know what? I'll say this. I'm probably one of the few Republicans from New York who has no problems talking to everybody across the spectrum of the Republican conference. I will talk to Tony Gonzalez about immigration. And at the same, and at the same breath, I'll talk to Brian Fitzpatrick about salt. And I'll talk to a, a member of the, the more... Uh, uh, conservative wing of the party. I have no problem hanging out with Freedom Caucus. Do you know why? At the end of the day, these are all Republicans. These are all conservatives. I'm not that Republican that will turn around and say, oh, no, he's too extreme for me. Oh, he's too liberal for me. That's all nonsense. That's Michigan. That gets us nowhere. We're <laughs> folding right into the hand yeah. of the goddamn Democrats when we do that stuff. Just like what happened to Jim Jordan. That's a great example. Well, I agree um, with you there. The Democrats I, won. Yep. The Democrats won that no, one. I agree. Look, I, I happen to like uh, the guy who's there now. I'm okay with Johnson. He's fine. But uh, no one's going to convince me that Jim Jordan wasn't the right guy at the time. And by the way, I also like Kevin McCarthy. But so have you found, George, that since their attempt to expel you failed, that um, some of the, uh, I guess, pressure, some of the hate directed towards you has calmed just a bit? Or is it? pretty much still the same no no no, no. <laughs> it, it, it's gonna get worse i mean Sid, here's a reality these guys said that they wouldn't stop that this was just the first attempt so and then coupled with the democrats whenever they want to keep going so look the reality is it's never going to stop i've i've made peace that with my time and my journey in congress it is not going to be a easy ride it will be a bumpy one and I just have to accept it and move on. And, and but what if what I could prove and... to you, what if I said to you, George, I appreciate you sticking with it and uh, your intestinal fortitude is uh, inspiring and all that. But what if I said to you, I can prove to you, I can prove to you that by you staying in the race, you are hurting the Republican Party. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm saying what if the uh, hypothetical, what if I said to you, I could prove you staying in the race is hurting the Republican Party. Would you leave then? Here's the deal. Um, me, are you talking about me running for re-election? Or are you talking about me staying in my seat? Two two different things. Stay, well, uh, clearly staying and then running for re-election afterwards. Kind of both, okay. right? Uh, all right. I'll put it this way. Do you know what hurts the Republican Party when three members from New York go up there and say Lee Zeldin for speaker? Lovely Zeldin. Thinks he, I think he should have been governor. Would have voted for him for speaker if he was a real contender. But that hurts the Republican Party. Do you know what else hurts the Republican Party? Members of our party calling cons the conservative flag of our party extremists. That hurts our party far more than I hurt of the party. Quite frankly, anybody allowing me to be a election day issue is weak on policy and has nothing better to offer the people. So then obviously they have to run for policy, politics instead of policy. So if you're a Republican and you're running for re-election and they're saying George Santos and you were closed, then that means you have no good policy. You have no good record. Your voting record is garbage. And that means you didn't do your job. Because if you're going to allow Democrats to make me the single-handed issue that's going to stop you from proving your worst and your policy wins, to your voters, then you are a bad elected official and you have no business staying in elected office. That's my answer to each and every single Republican that complains about a billboard. Oh, there's a billboard of me and George Santos. <laughs> Guess what? 
Lauren Boebert went through the same thing. She survived. Marjorie Taylor Greene went through the same thing. She survived. Matt Gates, they, he survived. Paul Gosar, Andy Biggs. I can go on and on. These are all good conservatives who put on good work. You know why they survived? Because they don't kowtow to the nonsense of the Democrat Party. They are great at singling us out. They are great at dividing us because Republicans in New York, they live in abject fear of what the Democrats are going to say about them instead of living and standing stern and firm on the policies and on the work they do to deliver a better quality of life for the for the American people here in New York. So that's my answer to you. That's a good answer. Do not hurt anybody. Okay, so final 30 seconds, George Santos. You maintain you are innocent of all these charges. You will be cleared. You're going to stay there. You're going to run again. And this is basically just uh, at this point a witch hunt, basically. Uh, look, I, I would call it. I would call it what it is. I think it's very simple. Look at what they're doing to Donald Trump, the former president of the United States, the top political op- opponent of the current president of the United States, is in a courthouse here, in a courthouse in Colorado, in a courthouse in Georgia, courthouse in Minnesota. What is becoming of our country? So I say the same thing that I've always said. I will prove my innocence. I will fight to the end to prove my innocence. I am not guilty of the stuff that I'm being accused of, and I look forward to proving that to the American people. My man, thank you very much for the uh, very kind donation to Rafi. That was really, really sweet. Thank you for having this conversation. He's doing well, by the way. He's doing well. He is, yes. So the doctor, Iris Savetsky, fixed his nose. So thank you for having this conversation, and stay in touch, okay? Thank you. Thank you, Sid. Thank you so much for having me Uh, back on the show. You got it. And God bless you. you, God bless you, too. Stay well. That's George Santos. Congressman George Santos made a pretty impassioned plea. Let's get our uh, sports recap of the week. You can lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 40 plus pounds in just 40 days. NJ Diet, you know that. 855-5NJ-DIET or NJDiet.com. Arthur Turovitz's Eagles are now 8-1. and one. Good morning, Arthur. How are you? Good morning. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. The Eagles are 8-1. and one. They did everything they could to lose that game. They did try to lose that game to the Cowboys yesterday in the last couple of minutes, didn't they? Made it really, uh, made it unnecessarily stressful. They did, but, you know, like, I just had Mark Levin on. Turns out he's a Philadelphia Eagle fan, too. I didn't even know that. And we were talking about Hurts. Yeah, Hurts is not uh, as good as he was last year, although statistically he's having a pretty good season. But, um, you know, you're a great team and you don't play your best football and you still win. And the Eagles are 8-1. That's that's all you need to know. There's nobody else with yeah, eight no, he wins. Played, listen, he played. He played great. Uh, the, the going into the bye week couldn't be a better time. He needs. Hurts needs. Uh, needs some rest. Uh, the secondary slay got hurt towards the end. Another guy went down. Uh, your poor Giants. My God, what the heck's going on over there? Nice. Uh, Daniel Jones uh, looks like he might be out for a while, and uh, that's not looking great. Hey, what do you think? Do you think Kraft has the? You think Belichick? Can get fired over there, or how long? Is no. that how, how long is that disaster? No, no, they just they just gave him a contract extension before the season, three years. I know, but they what are you going to do with them? You can't. They're going absolutely nowhere. They look worse and worse every week. I just was thinking, like, how do they get rid of? How do they get? They can't. Rid of the they can't. They'll, they'll get rid of Mac Jones first. They'll try another quarterback. They'll do something personnel wise. They won't get rid of Bill Belichick. I mean, maybe get him up to the get him up to the front office somehow and get somebody else. I, I don't think he'll do that. I mean, unless there's another Jimmy Johnson. You know, Jimmy Johnson was the guy. That's why Tom Landry was fired in Dallas. That's why uh, Don Shula was fired down in Miami because of Jimmy. Unless there's a guy out there that these people love, like a Jimmy waiting in the wings, yeah. I don't think Belichick is going anywhere, pal. I really don't. But your Eagles are look you, good. 
Yeah, they do. Are you going tonight to watch uh, the Clippers, James Harden's premiere with the Clippers against uh, your Knicks? I'm not. If I still lived in the city, I probably would. I'm going to go see Webinyama later on this week. My son Gabe loves uh, this kid on San Antonio. So 38 he dropped. Yeah, I know. He He's a real deal. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, no, not tonight, but um, I'll be at the Garden a few times. I know you will. I see you at those Knicks 76er games, Dr. Hardy. So, I know you'll be there. And, I'm, trying to go, I'm actually trying to go tonight. I'm, I'm, begging, uh, I'm begging anybody I can to see if I can get a couple of tickets. Call Dr. Mark Siegel. Call Dr. Mark Siegel. That's the guy. <laughs> hey, listen, nice to talk to you, pal. That's uh, talking uh, to you. You too. That's uh, Audie Turovitz, yeah, Dr. T, the man, NJ Diet. You'll lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 40-plus pounds in just 40 days with the help of NJ Diet. Find them today at njdiet.com or call 855 5 Diet. Then I saw her face. Now I'm a believer. Now her trace. A doubt in my mind. I've been lost. I'm a believer. I couldn't leave her if I tried. I thought love was more or less a given Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. That great interview with George Santos was brought to you by Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Borders. Check them out today, PeerlessBorders.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build the world's best borders. Here's some more Glenn Fry his birthday. Been blowing up. I mean, you know some of the names. Uh, Johnny Tobacco said very nice things. Arthur Idala said very nice things. So did Frankie Kravitz. But well, the majority of the um, the messages I'm getting on Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, and Facebook said Rosenberg are from uh, folks who are not well known, but uh, every bit is important. And they're saying things like, you know, I, um, I never really liked George Santos, but now I do. And um, well, they're giving me the credit for that. I, I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why they're giving me the credit for that, but. <laughs> well, he's that's the best he has sounded with anybody. Oh, that's why they're giving you the credit. Well, see, here's the difference. See, I spent a good eight minutes. I kept a look at the clock. A good eight minutes just talking about niceties, right? I mean, listen, I, I, I don't hate you. I hate the squad members, and I was kind of happy you didn't get expelled. And, you know, you're on with me and Bernie quite a bit. So when it came time to hit him, and this is a mistake that a lot of people in this business make. 
And I'm going to be honest. I said, talk to you know this. I go, you can't come out and just punch a guy across the face. It's over. I mean, you're going to excite like 10 people in the audience. You're going to think it's great. And that person's never going to come back. And you just can't, you can't do it. Never. It would not work. Doesn't work. Of course not. You got to, you got to, you know, keep it okay. Then you, when you hit them hard, they can take a punch or two. And then you can go back and uh, be kind of nice at the end. Then you're going to get that person back. I always want these people to come back. You know, George Santos is found guilty. I want him back. I want him to tell me, well, what happened? You know, you said you were innocent. What happened? Are you ready to go to prison? The idea is not to come off like a tough guy and make those people hate you. The idea is get what you can and then have them come back. If that makes any sense. So, well, you had the list of things you came at him with it, and and you and you got his response, and he loved it. He, right. he actually just sent me a text. I'm not even kidding you. And he said, <laughs> he said, "Thank you for having me on." Said that was great. I hope you don't get too much heat. And I said, and I spelled out the word "f him." You did great. Heat doesn't bother me. I'm a Brooklyn kid. He said, "Ha ha, good. Look forward to talking again soon." So there it is. Heat. Ha ha ha. Yes, another New York Post should uh, run it because you're not going to find a more in-depth conversation. He was completely relaxed. He, again, he had been on the show before. I mean, even the volleyball discussion, he goes, okay, you got me. I, I was on the team. I just didn't play. And Noam actually said, I thought he was even on the team. Yeah, I don't think he was on the team. Yeah. He wasn't on the team even? I don't think so, no. <laughs> There's no way. No. Hey, it's just volleyball. Just on. On. It's all right. That's it. Just a little bit less. Hey, you got him comfortable. That's nice. You're like an enema. It's Listen, good. at the end of the day, and i got to give Johnny Tobacco credit again. I, Johnny's sending some very nice messages, and I appreciate it. But he was one who said to me, Sid, wouldn't you rather see those squad members go than George? And I said, yes. Yes. I'm sorry. Well, he's a solid conservative. He proved that during the interview you just had with him. And he really, so... and, and, he's, and uh, he did know him, and you have to admit, he's on top of everything. All the races, right? all the folks that have been for him and against him, everything that's right about this country. That's not, he's, he's a smart guy. So, you know, he may have done a couple of untoward things, but... Well, I don't know. So what? God, I'm tired of it. Stop judging everybody, Noam. <laughs> Jesus. That's a trouble with you, Noam. I'm always judging people. <laughs> judging people. <laughs> made a mistake or two along the way. Dinner's expensive at Luger in... Uh... A mistake or 23, more <laughs> like it. Is that how many counts there are? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> You're a horrible person. Are we done for today? Is that it? Uh, we, we might be coming back. All right, so let's take a quick break. Yeah. I'll come back and say goodbye. Some more Glenn Fry on the way out. You guys are very funny. I love you guys. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority 
PriorityGoldGuide.com.